man. Holy shit, man. <laughs> Year's almost over. Yeah, it is. Like, in a couple days almost mm-hmm. over. This is insane. You know, my wife and I were just talking a few days ago. This has been a... This has been a pretty fucking good year for us, man. Uh, well, talking about me and her, but in mm-hmm. me, me in general, I mean, we had a couple down things this year. We had a couple things that went wrong, a little haywire, a little south. But I mean, when you top the year off with went to Disney and have a <laughs> good paying full time job, I'm not going to complain. Yeah. I'd say that's a pretty you, fucking solid year. You know what the worst thing is about the year ending, though? Mm. Tax season. Uh, is is tax season a problem for you? It's, it's gotten better as I've Mm -hmm. learned over the years, you know, how to adjust my withholdings and stuff to be better. But there were a couple of years where it's like, oh, hey, yeah, you owe the government $3,000. It's like, how? Oh, God. How? And it's, yeah, it's one of those things. In the entirety of my existence of paying taxes, I've only had to pay the government one time. And that was, it was about seven or eight hundred dollars. I forget why this was, man, this was like two, a decade ago. And I forget this over a decade ago. I forget the actual reasons why, like, we discovered it was something wrong. Like, I I had filled my same thing, man, that like the withholdings and whatnot I had done incorrect for Mm -hmm. a whole year. And that was why. Uh, Last year, it's like we owed. It's like we got a refund from federal, but we owed state for some reason. Yeah. But the but the balance still ended up with us like getting a refund of like $150, $200, yeah. which to me, I do not care. Yeah. I do not, do not plan my year thinking about a refund at the end of the year at all, period. Right. We don't, I don't plan any plans around a refund. If I... Do not owe anything. I'm good. If I get a refund of six dollars, I'm good. If I get a refund of six thousand, well, oh, fucking great. There's other places I could have used that money, you know, giving the government a non-interest loan <laughs> right, for free. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's. Yeah. I think it last gets year more involved. I oh, go ahead, go ahead. I think last year it was like, yeah, I owed a hundred bucks, or mm-hmm. I got back a hundred bucks, something like that. No, I think I got it back. Um, hundred bucks was like okay. That means I had things pretty much on the spot uh, where it needed to be. Yeah. Uh, except, except for moving up here to almost Canada. Mm-hmm. So I moved on my official first day of living in the state was December 29th. Mm-hmm. I literally lived in the state for two days. Not only wow. did I only live in the state for two days out of the year, I was also unemployed for those two days. Uh huh. But when I went to file my taxes, it's like, yeah, you need to do a, you know, a, a state return for both states because, you know, being the responsible person I am, I put my two days in Ohio on the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, and I filled it out and it's like, yeah, you owe Ohio like a hundred bucks or something. I was like, hold on. Um, <laughs> no. So I just didn't file that Ohio, uh, the state return mm-hmm. for uh, this state because I was like, I, I'm sure it doesn't matter. I literally yeah. had no income, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, about a month ago, I got a thing saying, hey, you didn't file a tax return for the state last year. We saw you live here on your federal return. If you don't, you know, uh, file a return for us by the end of the year, we're going to, you know, fine you based on your federal income. Wow. So, I was like, wow, okay. And they give a link. You can actually go on their website and do it for free. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's not very, it's not good. I normally use TurboTax. It's not a very good system, but it works. So I went and answered yeah. all their questions. It's like, yeah, how long did you live here? Two days. Uh, all this stuff. <laughs> how much income did you make in Ohio? Zero. Okay. Um, so I filled it all out. And at the end, it's like, you don't owe us anything and you don't get a refund. I'm like, you don't say. No kidding. You don't say. But no so yeah, so I don't know what was wrong with TurboTax, but that was definitely not cool. Um, yeah. That it was showing me owing. That's done though. Yeah, this next year, I think this year is going to be pretty much the same for us. I don't expect any kind of return. If we do get something great, I mean, and and I and I say this with all honesty, if we do have to owe, I don't want to owe. But if it's like you know a fucking a hundred hundred fifty dollars, whoop whoop de do, I can make adjustments next year on my turns. I I I can add more. I can mush. I can move shit around. Uh. If I owe like, you know, five, six, seven hundred dollars, that's a fucking problem. Yeah. Like I'm highly upset. I can pay it, but highly upset. Yeah, I, I, I fully expect this, to owe this year. Yeah. I think this year for our taxes will be will be fine. We'll be pretty much like we were last year. The next year may be a little different because I'm in a new job yep. and it's it's new exemptions and all that shit. That's why but this year I'm, I'm more <laughs> Yeah. But I'm not I'm not in a higher tax bracket now because of the job that I'm in. We're not we're not approaching like middle mid, I want to say middle class. We're not approaching the next higher up tax bracket, which I think is I want to say it's like $150,000 for the household. We're not anywhere close to that. So I am making more, but I'm also paying more taxes. So yeah. yada, yada, yada. At the end of the day, we should be okay. It's just I'll, I'll be iffy on 2020s, 2019 return. Right. But this year, I'm I'm pretty good. Yeah. It's a lot of legwork for us this year because uh, my wife will have two different W-2s and a school oh, form. Oh, God. I will have one, two, let's see, one, two, W, three W-2s and no tax, no, no school form or anything like that. But, you know, we got, we have the house to factor in and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah. uh, we, so I, I used to do all, I, I, well, okay. I always do our taxes. I've always done my own taxes Pretty much, if if I if I've been doing taxes for twenty years, I've done my own like seventeen times, and the only times I ever paid somebody like a business or an establishment to do taxes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Taxes Cast. <laughs> uh, it's because either one, I was working somewhere, like I was working at Walmart for a while, and they would bring Jackson Hewitt in or somebody and say, "Hey, if you're a Walmart employee, you can get your taxes done, filed, viewed, everything here for a solid." like 50 bucks okay i'll pay somebody 50 dollars to ensure that my taxes are getting me the proper you know accuracy and all that uh and there was one year a few years ago just because my wife and i decided to go to the same thing like a jackson hewitt place unfortunately it was like 380 something fucking dollars because it's like the the fee was 250 and then for every sheet of paper it was like five bucks and then for this filing thing it was this fee and that filing thing was that fee and all kind of shit man to hell with that we 
And when I used to do my own taxes online, I used to do it through 1040 now. Now I just do it through TurboTax. It's it's just as it's easier than 1040 mm-hmm. now. And anywhere you go like that, it's for me, there is no place that, that gives me tax preparation for free. I don't have that. I have family members that I could lean on, but I've 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 never done that. I can do my own. And TurboTax is pretty good. It's like 40 35 or 40 bucks to have everything filed yeah and i think this year we might pay the extra like 30 or 40 to have somebody an assessor actually go over everything and triple check and make sure because man the 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 first like 20 steps of filing my of your taxes honestly are fairly easy you get your fucking w2s you copy paste mm-hmm. you know you just put the numbers in the correct blanks and you <laughs> answer the questions as accurately as you can the next like 40 fucking pages of questions are all kind of shit that I've never had to deal with. Yeah. And I'm always nervous that there's something in there that's like, hey, do you own a house in this particular coding zone? Have you had your house under this thing? Well, for, you, you qualify for this thing. You know, you can get like $600. You just don't know about it because you don't know. Have you had your toilet explode this year? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> City of Ocean Springs, uh, which we'll get to that in a little bit. But uh, yeah, I, welcome to the taxes and toilet cast, folks. I hope you're ready for a, a bouncing episode today. No, honestly, I and this is no do do what you got to do. But I'm going to blow through my week because when I went through the topic today, when I did the homework, mm-hmm. holy shit, there was way more games to talk about than what I thought. But uh, anyway, so this year I'm going to be doing TurboTax again. I'm going to put all the fucking information. I'm going to verify it. But I'm pretty sure we're going to I'm going to just dump the a little bit of extra money in there and have at least one person on the other end of TurboTax go through everything and just let me know, hey, is everything like is there anything else I qualify for that I'm not going to know? Because that could be. You know, a tipping point. If there's a $200 credit here and a $400 credit here and a $20 credit here and a $75 credit here, and for some reason I owe $500, you know, that could save my ass. And it's just, yeah, man, you just didn't know. You didn't know that you were allowed to have this. So we'll see. I'm not too not not too horrible to be concerned. I, it's more of I, I'm always eager to get it in because I want to get it over with. Yes, I am so absolutely. I'm, I'm always so anxious and like bugging my businesses and wherever mm-hmm. I'm getting. Hey, when are my W twos going to get here? And it's I know their mentality is like, look, chill. Like you know, you're going to get your little thousand dollars and go buy some shit. And it's like, no, I don't fucking care about the money coming in my pocket. I want to get it over with. I just want to get it all filed, sent off, say, you're good federal, you're good state, leave me the fuck alone, I'll see you (laughs) next year. So, hello everyone and welcome to the end of time. I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Adam cannot be here today. Let me pull up the text message that he sent me uh, this afternoon. I think this apparently was coming from space. Sorry guys, I won't be in. I'm fighting the and the message the message like cuts off but i think he was i think he was spelling zerg i can't tell (laughs) i can't tell so he won't be with us today unfortunately but we hope to have him back for the next episode uh let's see right off the bat chris uh well actually i think we had a couple last episode but i think we actually just 
think we just took care of them in the episode. So I don't think I don't think we have any this time. Uh, yeah, I think we're good. Good. Uh, any any anything news related before we roll in the weeks? You know what? I haven't looked. Oh, um, uh, well. Oh shit. Actually, <laughs> sorry. Uh, well, have actually, you, have you followed the uh, Atlas launch? Uh, no. But I, sh- I, I should, shouldn't I? Eh, no, probably not. So wait, 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 wait. Let, let, let's get some clarification in here, because I'm such a nerd. When you say Atlas, I'm thinking Atlas, the video game company. Uh, no, Atlas, the oh. new game. Oh, oh no. Let me while you're talking about it, let me look this up. All right. Well, let me save the trouble so, and okay. save our uh, <laughs> listeners the trouble. So okay. Atlas is a game recently released in early access by mm-hmm. uh, not the same company that made ARK, but the parent company also owns ARK. So anyway, it's a reskin of ARK. Um, mm-hmm. This is the game that I believe it had a trailer at the Game Awards um, touted 40,000 players simultaneous on one world MMO pirate ship game. Wow. Um, yeah. So it has had a very, very poor launch. Um the game itself seems pretty cool. Uh, I've been watching Co-Carnage and a couple others uh, dive into it a little bit. Um, so the servers, uh, well, first off, they were supposed to launch on like Thursday of last week, on like the uh, 20, 20th or 21st. And then mm-hmm. like, no, we something happened. I don't even know what the details are, but basically they didn't go live with it. Uh, even though they had a new count, a timer counting down and everything, they released a new trailer like an hour before it was supposed to go live. And then they're like, oh, but we, we need a couple more days. So we're going to go live on the 23rd, which is sun- was Sunday or something like that. these days may or be give or plus a date. I'm not reading off a, you know, timeline I wrote down. These are just mm-hmm. guesses. So screw any wall actually. Um, but so they're like, yeah, we're going to launch on, you know, 23rd instead. But. What we're going to do is we're going to stand up some basically private servers for a selection of streamers and content creators and the like so that they can broadcast the game and, you know, kind of get a hands-on so people that were waiting on the game could see it in action before, you know, it actually comes out, which people had mixed feelings about. I thought it was great. You know, I enjoyed getting to see the game, see what it was about. I understand that a lot of people don't like, oh, well, they got special treatment, a special server and all this stuff, but it wasn't that they were keeping. The servers literally were up for like four hours the first time because <laughs> they got an mm. early peak too. But the servers were up and then they were down. Um, and I think they brought them back up again and then they were gone. So it's not like mm. all that progress was carried over on the public servers that everybody's going to be playing on. Um, but then when they finally did launch, the servers have been having all kinds of issues. Mm. Um, of course, you tout 40,000 players. Um, I think it it amounts to much smaller instances. Um, the, the way they're calculating that 40,000, I don't even know if that's literally possible with their architecture, but it's not, you're not going to see thousands of people uh, all at once type thing, you know. Uh, uh-huh. I think you see like, and it's still a big number, but I think it was like 150 per map grid was the max or something like that. So not a huge number, um, especially in MMO, uh, you know, in the MMO world, I should say. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but still decent. But yeah, their servers are so slow. Um, CoCarnage actually is hosting his own private server for uh, uh, his community. And they're doing testing and uh, just doing a fraction of the map size. I think the the live map is a 15 by 15 grid. And a grid is a grid square is very large um, and contains all the uh, various islands you can go to. Uh, they're on the live server or public servers, I should say, or let me rephrase the official servers. Um, there are uh, like four starting areas, starting islands you can choose that are at different points on the grid. And uh, that's a protected zone. And then once you get out of there, it's, you know, PVP enabled uh, type thing. Um but Co, he the server they set up for him was only a three by three, so it was nine grid squares, uh, and they capped out the CPU on the server they were using at five people, <laughs> so they had to add wow. another one because the mm-hmm. architecture that the server runs on is so bad that even having a beefy server, it just murders it. So they had to increase their cluster and uh, the. Odds are, I think they're going to have to increase it enough, uh, one more time, but it depends how much they beefed it up. But yeah, so it's not a very optimized game, and it's getting a lot of hate on top of everybody going after getting in going, wait, this is just Ark with a pirate skin, which, to be fair, they did add a lot of functionality, but there's also a lot of bugs and uh, disliked things from Ark that are still there. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of assets were just literally copy-pasted over. Um, yeah. people went into the source files for the game and l- there were literally folders for the ARC expansions in the source files for Atlas. That's how much of a copy paste it was. Um, so yeah, it's getting a lot of heat right now. Sucks. Yeah. I mean, I guess it sucks. I haven't played the game. Uh, don't really recall it, so I don't know the hype I had for it. We may have even talked about it in the episode, but it's, I was drawing a blank. So yeah, it's. Basically, when it was announced, the general hype was, yeah, right, 40,000, but yay pirates, you know, because mm-hmm. all the pirate games that have been announced lately, you know, after Sea of Thieves, it's like, okay, that's not really what we wanted. So when another one comes along, we're like, okay, is this one what we want? Um, and what I will say about Atlas, I have not played it, but I've watched probably 10 hours of it um, in total. It is a game that is much better on a private server. It runs so yeah. much smoother. And um, even if you have PvP enabled on that private server, you're going to deal with you know less griefing and stuff like that. That's apparently a problem even on PvE servers, uh, on the official ones right now. People are, you know, of course, finding ways, even when PvP isn't enabled. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so if you're looking at it, you might want to wait unless you can get into a private server yeah well good luck to you atlas hope things turn out better for you uh i kind of i kind of want to be a small little asshole about it and it's i mean they they touted these numbers on their end Mm -hmm. so this is man this is on y'all you should have known that this was coming if you're gonna put these large numbers in even if you're fudging numbers to make the most bleeding edge, extreme, large amount of numbers you can possibly con- uh, conceivably put on this game at one time, you should have done your homework enough to be able to support that as as smooth as butter as you possibly can. Yeah. I know all games have these issues, but 
this is like this is you coming out the gate and saying, "Hey, we may we're not worried about that. We're going to have so many people, such a large landscape." Oh, well, it looks like it didn't work out that way, buddy. <laughs> uh, I guess I can throw this into the news thing. I mean, it's kind of a little piece of my week, but it's it, I mean, it, it might as well be news for those that don't pay attention to this to the uh, YouTube. Uh, gaming shows and, and channels and whatnot. Uh, YouTube is running their, I'm sorry, not YouTube, Giant Bomb is running their uh, Game of the Year deliberations right now. As of this episode, they've, they're ha- they have their fifth day out. And uh, I've been, of course, I've been watching it every single day that I can get it. Uh, these are fairly lengthy and they, for the time being, considerably put our game of the year, anything to shame. I mean, we're talking every day is anywhere from three and a half to five and a half, six hours long, but it's also a dais of, uh, I want to say about 11, 10, 11 people. And they they've played way more games than we have, etc. So that, the comparison doesn't matter to me. It's more of a just telling people out there if you want a good, uh, in in my opinion, a good show of deliberating of you know the gaming community deliberating what they believe game of the year are for different categories as well. Uh, Giant Bomb has been doing it for several years now. Uh, I think. You know what? I have to go back and look. I, I'm not sure if Easy Allies does it. They, I, I could be completely wrong. They may. I know that they do a show called Hall of Greats, and we we may be a month or two out from having their next iteration of that one in. But yeah, that is a news ish type thing that I've been watching. I watch them. I watch them every year as soon as I possibly can, with the exception of subscribing to a channel. Sorry, Giant Bomb. I will one day. I promise. Uh, it's good stuff, man. It's real good stuff. Point of fact, uh, every every game that they talked about that I've cared about has been some pretty lengthy discussion. God of War was a, a good chunk of time. And Red Dead Redemption 2 was also a good chunk of time. And I, I got to say, there's more, there's negative in there, but there was more positive than negative. They've made a lot of good points. And uh, I don't know. They talked about a lot. They talked about a lot of great games this year. And it's, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like, let me pull up the video i've actually got it up right now see i am about two hours into their day four and their day four is close to six hours so it's it's good stuff it's good content if uh you know gamers debating about you know the content and quality etc video games is up your alley you, you can't go wrong with giant bombs end of the year deliberations uh chris yeah how's your week been man um well, I've been killing a lot of zombies. Oh, yeah? Um, but before I get into that, um, so I was thinking that I wasn't going to have any other games to talk about, but I actually get mm. to do my Destiny 2 segment uh, this week again. Wow. Um, I loaded it up because I got an email from Bungie because I'm, I allowed them to send me emails, and it said, hey, there's Iron Banner going on this week. I was like, okay, cool. And then I was like, hey, there's also double valor points, which is the PvP rank system. Or not rank, but uh, uh, what do you call it? Your reputation. Your PvP reputation. Um, it's double valor points. And then this weekend, it's actually going to be triple. So I was like, all right, that's cool. But then what it said was, by the way, players under power 600 get increased level rewards. So, hmm. in the form of prime engrams, which are the only way to level up once you've completed your weekly stuff, is to randomly get these 
uh, Ingrams that drop, uh, and they will give you powerful gear. Powerful meaning it'll level you up. Um, but it's like doubled for if you're under 600. And on top of that, the powerful gear you get from challenges uh, during the week have a increased level to them. So not only will they boost you up like normal, but they seem to be like twice as much in the level range. Um, I was five, I think I was 530 when I started and I got a piece of gear that was like 540 something. So it was mm-hmm. a huge jump. Normally it'd be like five, six higher, but this was like in excess of 15 levels higher. So it's a quite a boost. Um, the engrams, I got two of them in the time I played. I played for, uh, I want to say it was two and a half hours. Let me see real quick. Um, but I only got two, but I was also only doing Iron Banner. I played for two hours, 20 minutes. Um, I did mostly Iron Banner. I did do a couple uh, running around things that were turning in other uh, winter event quests and whatnot. But in two hours and 20 minutes, I got from 530 to 538 overall. Um, hmm. Eight levels, and that was not bad. That's a pretty good amount. But man, Iron Banner is so brutal. Um, and I, I really wish they would go back to the way Iron Banner was, where after every match, you had a chance at getting a higher level thing. Because right now, sure, I have an increased chance of getting the Prime Ingram that will level me up, but that's not quite the same. Um, it's similar, but not quite as good as it was. Um, but with, since they made the change back, which I wanted, I like this change, don't get me wrong. Levels matter in Iron Banner. So if I'm going up, and 650 is the cap, by the way. If I'm going up against people that are 630 to 650, at 530, they're literally 100 levels above me. I am shooting them, I think it's like 50% more than they're shooting me to do the same amount of damage. So they can kill me, you know, in three bursts of their weapon. I take five bursts. Or even if I take four, I'm still at a disadvantage, you know. And that's not... Count that's not factoring in the differences in weapons. You know, say we're using identical weapons, that's the case. If I'm using a different weapon that already takes four because it does slightly less damage, maybe I'm up to six. And that's not a lot of time in a game like Destiny, which with team shooting and everything, it's a very quick uh, time to kill. Yeah. Um, so after two hours, I was like, all right, I think I'd rather just stop and go deal with this tax thing, uh, get it over with, because I'm not. As much as I enjoy the game, I wasn't enjoying Iron Banner, which hmm. it's been my favorite event over the years. So it made me a little sad. Um, but yeah, being behind, it is so rough now. Um, wow. And you hate that, man. On any game, like any anything that where you're behind, it's just, ugh. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where I could clearly catch up, but it would take me playing nothing but Destiny at least half the week, every week for a couple of months to catch up probably. Um, and that's if I did everything possible and I, I don't want to get into that time sink. Um, that's other games I'm not playing in that time. And despite, you know, me, how much time I've been putting, putting into killing zombies, it's still not the same amount of fun. Um, next game I played, uh, actually the last game I played before we were recording tonight, uh, loaded up Mario party. Um, got a second switch for, uh, the kids for Christmas. So 
I got that hooked up this week, and we were finally able to play tonight. And Mario Super Mario Party, yes, yeah? Super Mario Party, yeah, uh, the new Switch game. <clears throat> um, it is a return back to the way Mario Party should be. Um, I haven't played all the modes. I just did one straight Mario Party classic uh, map, you know, game. Mm-hmm. Um, came in second place, got beat up by one of the kids, but you know it happens. Um, <laughs> but it is, it is like I said, it's a return. The last one wasn't great. You were all in the same minecart, and it just that wasn't fun. Um, yeah. This one though, you have individuals, and there are other modes. I've watched a little bit of it, but there's you know a team-based mode where you have you know you share coins and stars, but your characters move independently. They move at the same right. time, but you don't have to move on the same path. So one can be going to collect coins while the other's going for the star or, you know, collecting other things. Uh, so it looks like it's loads more fun. Um, I'm glad to see them returning to what people actually want to play instead yeah. of that other garbage. Yeah, that was I, I haven't run into too many people at all that have anything good to say about those two games and those ideas of putting people in the same car together. Like I played it mm-hmm. and I get what they were going for, but it's, it's nah. Yeah, uh, you tried. Nobody wants that. Glad to see you got away from it. <laughs> yeah, so I got one game of that under my belt now. Lots of fun. Highly recommend it for a good party game. Um, the game I spent the most time playing this week with. Let me pull up my Steam. With I want to say twenty. No, yeah, twenty nine hours this week is uh, Seven Days to Die. Oh, yeah? So I touched on this last week as a last-minute news thing. Uh, They released their Alpha 17. That's right. I said Alpha. This is (laughs) an early-access game that isn't even in beta. This is Alpha. Genuine Alpha. All right. Yes. And when I... I, And I also said last week, I already had 200 hours into the game before Mm -hmm. that point. And I haven't played it in months. Um, This is a survival zombie game base building crafting etc um the gimmick if you will of this game is every seventh night uh you get a super horde that comes after you um most nights you can hide and as long as you don't make noise zombies won't ever come after you unless you do something to draw their attention but on the horde night they know where you are they are specifically spawned to come after you and hunt you down and kill you. Uh, yeah. You cannot hide from them because they will bust through walls and everything to get to you. Uh, your best bet is to set up a defense as best you can and kill them before they kill you. Um, and after they kill you, continue trying to kill them some more. Um, so I set up my local server once again for me and my girlfriend, and we played uh, these 20-plus hours. Uh, and... The changes in this patch are interesting. Um, we haven't even gotten far enough in the game to actually make a full determination on what overall, whether it was a good or bad update. Um, I'm leaning towards good, but it is a slight departure from the way things were. Um, even more so than they have. Everything's kind of been kind of shifting a little bit with every update. Uh, certain things change. Some changes better than others. But this one has made the game seem a lot slower to progress level-wise and skill-wise. Um, they changed up the skill tree 
more uh, divided up into attributes and stuff. And they and they kind of this a little bit on the last update, but this one's even worse, where they expect you to not be able to unlock a lot of things until you're like level 200 and something. So they have long-term progression with the skill tree. Um, and a lot of the things you want early on, you know, you want to get up to uh, steel as fast as you can because that's your best material or your best metal material. And you want to reinforce, you know, immediately. But those are now locked to where you have to be, I want to say, level 50 or something <laughs> before you can even make the ingots. So if you want to use them, you have to buy them from the merchants or find them in the wild or something like that. Um so it's a lot more difficult. Um, let's see. The, they've put a lot more emphasis on the traders, which kind of didn't do a whole lot of good in the past uh, because everything was so expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, oh, hey, yeah, I can sell you this gun, but it's going to cost you 600 you know, tokens to buy. And the tokens are little gold coins. Uh, it's going to buy you like 600 tokens. Um, and by the way, you have no way of getting tokens unless you find them or uh, you sell him stuff. So it was, you know, typical. I had a chest in my base just for things that sold to the trader because I knew it tells you what the value of things are when you highlight them. So it's like, all right, these are the highest value items I have. They're going to the trader. Nothing else, you know, instead of scrapping them for materials or anything like that. Um, yeah. But that was very tedious. And while it worked, still he had not much of value. Um, but because things are behind the skill tree now, getting some higher quality materials or higher level materials, I should say, getting certain uh, ingredients that are more rare, it's now more feasible. Yeah. The prices are still pretty much the same, but there is now a quest system. Um, there is a starting quest line, but it doesn't do a whole lot of good. It just gives you some skill points, which are good. Don't get me wrong, but that's it. And then you're just on your own. But what the trader lets you do is you can talk to him and he gives you a selection of four or five quests and says, hey, pick one of these you want to do and I'll give you a reward when you do it. Uh, they're very generic things like, hey, go kill these zombies, you know, clean out this place, uh, go find this buried uh, chest for me with supplies or go uh, fetch an item from this location, which is usually like a duffel bag or something that's in a building with a bunch of zombies. But you don't have to mm-hmm. kill them, you know, as part of the objective. You just have to get it and run out. And then you return to them, and it gives you experience and uh, a varying amount of gold, and you get to choose an item. Um, when you start out, you have, like, two choices. I've upgraded, so now I get four choices of items from them. Um, and there are varying qualities. Like, one, the best item he had to offer me was an iron shovel, which... Okay, I can dig dirt. I just already made iron shovels, so not great. But twice now, he's given me 10 first aid bandages, which, yes, I can craft them, but 10 of them is a very significant quantity, especially when Horde Knight's approaching, um, because we will burn through them. Uh, They have made the AI smarter for the zombies, and I think they've upped the difficulty of them as well. Um... Also, on top of zombies, the they don't always drop loot anymore. It used to be kill all the zombies and then go loot all the bodies, see what you get. Now, you rarely get loot from them, and it drops separate from their body, so you can tell when it drops. It makes a little coin jingle sound, too, mm. uh, and a yellow bag appears of loot, which, though when they drop, it's pretty good, usually. Um, 
but it's very rare. I think we've seen four or five drop total out of, you know, 20 something hours of playing. Uh, the, yeah, so doing the quests, getting the items, uh, Horde Knight, yeah, with the zombies being smarter and seeming harder, it, it wasn't that bad, um, before to build a base, set up some basic defenses, and you could just arrow the enemies to death, uh, even on the Horde Knight before they took over. Um, set up some more defenses on the later ones and you're still good, but they usually wouldn't breach the base. Well, between the smarter AI and them being a little stronger, I think, man, we got overrun. We have had, let's see, we're on day, I don't even know, 20-something? We've had three Horde Knights, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had three three Horde Knights, and our base has been breached all three times. Um, wow. The last time, I didn't die, but my girlfriend did once. But every other time, we've both both died at least once. Um, and we had points where they invade the base so bad that we actually had to jump off our base and kite them around <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere to uh, kill, finish killing them off. It was bad. Wow. Um, and then if a dog shows up, then the kiting doesn't work because they're faster. Mm. So, man, it is a lot harder now. Um, I'm sure that it's a matter of learning what's best against them, but setting up rows of spikes, barbed wire, doing all the things I did before later in the game, doing it earlier... It still didn't work, you know, still got breached, still caused at least one death, which was good for us. We didn't die too much. Um, boy, it's hard. Um, and with them not dropping loot, it makes the Horde Knights a lot more impactful because if they, yeah, sure, they can destroy at the base, but they drop, you know, thousands of gold worth of stuff essentially, then okay, you kind of made up for it already. But if you get like one bag of loot out of 20 zombies that have demolished your base, you're not gaining anything except for experience, which is really good. But overall, your net loss. Um, all that being said, still too early to say. After three horror nights, you know, being 20 something hours in, we're still, I would say, probably early game. I just, well, I just built a mini bike. So I think that puts me in the mid game now because I have a lot more freedom of movement. Um, Especially with the quests and stuff that are far off, I can now hop on my mini bike and uh, head out to them in the matter of you know minutes versus all day long. So yeah, I'm probably mid game. So I won't have a full determination on how good the changes have been until we get to late game, late game. Yeah. Uh, that's it for my. Oh, oh, nah. So I was I talked with the NES Classic last week, but I didn't go into detail. Because my plan was to also play the SNES Classic and talk about them both. But Zombies got in the way of SNES Classic. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Let me grab my notes for the NES Classic. I'll just skim over real quick. I won't spend a lot of time on it. Like you said, we got a lot to talk about today <laughs> with our topic. <laughs> there are how many... Do you know how many games offhand are in the NES Classic? I want to say, th- God, I will put me on the spot. I want to say 30, but I could be wrong. That sounds about right. I played 15. Um, I put a total of two hours and 15 minutes or so in it. Um, mm. And I, I didn't obviously play any of the RPGs because I knew they were going to take a while. I was just kind of jumping yeah. in and trying a few things. Um, the game Balloon Fight. I've seen this game before. I don't know where, but it's just a 
you're floating on a balloon with two balloons, and you have to hit other things floating with them. Okay, I spent five minutes on that game. Uh, single player was super easy, uh, but they have another mode. It's like balloon trip, and you actually float across a side-scrolling thing where there are enemies and uh, things you need to collect and stuff. That is way harder. <laughs> That's wow. the real game. Um, <clears throat> the game I spent the most time, I spent an hour 15 minutes on, was Bubble Bobble. When I loaded it up, I was thinking, okay, it's a little ball-breaking game, right? No, this is the original Bubble Bobble that those characters came from <laughs> that are in that. Um, I should have known better. Um, but yeah, I played it for over an hour. I got to level 57, and there are obviously mechanics in the game that even after playing for an hour and going 50-plus levels, I still don't understand. Because when I got to 57, I hit a hard wall. Like, literally not knowing how it is possible to beat this level. Um, let's see. I played the old school Donkey Kong and then Donkey Kong Jr. Uh, Donkey Kong was... It was Donkey Kong, you know. Um, I played it for a whopping three minutes. And Donkey Kong Jr. <laughs> yeah, and this is going to be a trend um, amongst these games. Donkey Kong Jr. had this weird mechanic where any amount of falling off the vines in a level was death. Mm. So if you press the wrong button while climbing and there wasn't a vine next to you to grab, you just died, even if you were like two feet off the ground. And that quickly, quickly burned the game for me because I died over and over and over in this three minutes I played it. And I was like, all right, yep, I'm done. Uh, next game I played was Double Dragon 2, The Revenge. Um, I played it for eight minutes. Uh, it was a fun little side scroller, you know, beat 'em up. Um, there were, there are combinations of buttons. I didn't even realize did stuff and the games that were that old, um, being able to like uppercut and do these more fancy moves. Um, I also jumped off buildings on accident several times cause I didn't realize the game would actually let you do that. Uh, I didn't even mm. know you could jump for probably half the time I was playing. Because there's no jump button, it's like up. <laughs> or not up, but uh, I can't remember what the combination was. But you had to push a specific combination for the jump, I think it was. Uh, anyway, um, one of the games I played for longer than others, surprisingly, was uh, Excite Bike. Um, I played it for 10 minutes. <laughs> um, it, it's Excite Bike. I mean, you're going around a track. Uh, the AI cheats. Um, played Galaga. That's a fun game. Um, that was a real uh, throwback, nostalgia game to play. Um, I played it for four minutes. It's Galaga. I know what it is. Um, I played Gradius, which is... So Galaga is vertical, but Gradius is a horizontal shooter. Uh, I think. I got that right. I might have it the other way around. Anyway, I played yeah, for three right. minutes. Gradius, Gradius is horizontal. Yeah, I played for three minutes because um, I'm not very good at those games and... Uh, Gradius was, I'm trying to remember what it was. There was something that just like instantly killed me every time. That's why I stopped it so soon. I wasn't going to play it longer, mm. but, um, there was like an enemy that, or there were lasers that shot across the screen and pretty much no matter where I was, I died. So I was like, all right, yep, moving on. So I played Ice Climber. I didn't know this game existed until the characters that are in Smash, uh, Ice Climbers, um, so it was interesting to go back and play this game. I played it for five minutes. Um, it's a platformer. You're basically 
as the name says, you're climbing ice. But you're climbing these uh, tiers, if you will. And once you get up a, a little bit, the screen moves. And now whatever was below you is now death. So you can't right. go back down. Um, which made it interesting once you got a little bit higher and there were more holes in the level. And man, I hate Nintendo jumping. Um <laughs> That is a fucking statement, Chris. God. Man, I hate Nintendo jumping. Yeah, the wow. NES jumping. It's why I suck at all platformers on NES, essentially. It's like, all right, here, yeah, jump. But if you're not pushing the buttons the exact right way, you're not going to go at an angle. You're either going to go straight up or you're just going to move to the right or something like that. You're not going to jump at an angle. Um, and once you're in the air, I hope you're going the way you wanted to go. Because you're not moving in air. Um, <laughs> you know, the simplified jumping mechanics uh, made Ice Climber very difficult. Um, I would have not even moving platforms. I'd be like, all right, the hole is above me. I can go to the left or the right. I jump. I go right back down to where I started. It's like, all right, it should not be this <laughs> difficult to get a 30-degree angle even. That's all, all I need is like 30 degrees. 30 degrees either direction. Nope. Try it. Try it. Oh, wait, now I just fell in the hole, and I'm dead. All right, oh, Ice Climber. Uh, game along a similar vein, uh, Kid Icarus. Again, didn't know this game existed until Smash uh, with its characters. Um, it's another platformer. This one is it's interesting um, in the way that... God, I'm trying to remember now exactly what it was, but there are enemies um, on the stage, and they won't like one shot you or anything, but they will hurt you obviously. Um, but the, I want to say the jumps on there and some of the level design made it very odd. I, like you can actually wrap left to right of the screen, which isn't unusual for games, but it threw me off cause I wasn't expecting it. It wasn't obvious that that was a thing. Um, so at one point in the game, I'm like, I don't know where I'm going. Um, there was a room I could enter and it did nothing. There's nothing in it. Uh, I'm sure there's some super secret thing I didn't know about, uh, but I played it for five minutes. Um, it, was, it was what it was. Um, now, the game I played for the second longest amount of time, and I probably would have played longer, but I actually had to stop myself because I was like, all right, I need to play some more games, um, was Kirby's Adventure. Oh, yeah. It's such a good game. Yeah, that was fun. I played it for 25 minutes, and that was, like I said, I had to stop myself so I could go play some other games because I was steadily progressing, and uh, learning mechanics and things and actually improving as I went um, via some of these other games. And Such a good thorough game too, man. Lots of levels, lots of like yeah. lots of worlds with levels in them and are, they're all varied and yeah, really good start from, for, for Kirby. I mean, there was, there was Kirby's Dream Land and two and three. I think there was fourth, but the, when you go back and play the original Kirby's Dream Land with, the I think four levels total on the Game Boy, and then you play Kirby's Adventure. That to me is where the Kirby we know today started. That mm -hmm. getting enemy power ups and all that. And it's oh so good, so good. Holds up really well. Yep. So I played uh, Mario Brothers mm -hmm. for one minute because um, fuck Nintendo jumping. Got it. Yep. Essentially, yeah. Um. So I loaded up a game I had never heard about called Star Tropics. Mm -hmm. And I was very confused because I 
when I was like, oh, this is an RPG, isn't it? And I played a little bit. I was like, yeah, it's essentially an RPG type game. Uh, more along the lines of probably closer to a Zelda type game. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, okay. And I played it for a little bit, got into the first little dungeon area, made good progress. And then I want to say I got to a boss or something. Mm-hmm. And then I died. And it put me at the entrance to the dungeon. And I was like, all right, 15 minutes is enough for this game. Moving on. God, man, you are ruthless. <clears throat> well, I didn't I didn't have a lot of time. I, this was ah, later okay. in the evening. Um, so I was going to be going to bed anyway. Uh, uh, oh, actually, I played for three hours, 20 minutes. So longer than I thought. Um, the next game I tried was Super C. Now, I, I actually meant to look this up to double check, but that's a Contra game, isn't it? Yes. I, I know it's Contra-like, but I was like, this is an actual in the series Contra game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not, don't have me lying. Let me look it up while you're talking. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because I started playing and I was like, this this plays like Contra. I guess it's, you know, either a Contra game or a Contra-like game. And then the power-ups dropped and the icons looked identical to what I recall. So I was like, yeah, I think this is a actually part of the series. Because Super mm-hmm. C, the C stands for Contra, makes sense. Yeah, um, this Super Contra was an arcade game uh, back in 88, and then it was ported to the NES and just sort- shortened to Super C. So, yeah, gotcha. it's, it's in it's in the Contra. All right. So, yeah, I played that for 30 minutes. Um, I'm, I'm not a fan, a huge fan of games like that. Um, I played it until essentially I died. And I was like, okay, yeah, it's Contra. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I played Super Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. And... Also, I hate Nintendo jumping, um, <sighs> but I played it for four minutes, uh, long enough to beat the first level. Um, I want to say the second level was the one with the warp. I was like, hey, I remember how to get this warp. So I got the warp, and then I went to the next level, um, and then I died. And I was like, all right, I'm done embarrassing myself. I'm going to call it here. <clears throat> all in the span of four minutes. I was like, all right. I, I do need to go back. I do plan on playing it some more just to go back because i've never actually cleared all the way through super mario brothers yeah um, so it'd be nice to actually finally get that done um, i think in the history of my gaming as well i've never went all the way through like from the beginning through the end without warps levels uh, level skips anything like that I, I should do that i guess just to say i did it but man once i got good at learning where all the warps were i just mm-hmm. i love taking the warps it's just you know I mean, I kind of like second nature. I've never cleared it with warps either, so uh, I'm not good at Nintendo platformers at all. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's something you and Adam have in common, I guess. You just don't like. Well, I don't know. You're. I don't. I don't see you like s- switching all the way over to being burnt out on platformers. No, I, just, I don't have that issue. Not like even that. though Nintendo is clearly better at platforming than Sega. Uh, yeah. So, so anyway. Yeah. So that was my experience with the NES Classic. Um, I didn't revisit any this week, and I, like I said, I didn't touch the SNES Classic. Uh, yeah, it's sitting unboxed on the arm of my couch where it's been for the last week. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure when I'll get to it at this point, um, because killing zombies has kind of taken priority. Uh, yeah, I love Seven Days to Die so much. <laughs> good, man. It's good. Now I'll do it for my week. How's your plumbing? All right. <laughs> Plumbing's holding up. Let's get that shit out of the way. Literally. So I spent some time in my yard uh, 
digging around trying to figure out where the fuck this line was that I mm-hmm. was supposed to find. Uh, long story short, we had found it when the uh, Roto-Rooter uh, employee or technician came out, so I knew where that one was, and I said, okay, okay. Apparently, I've got tr- roots of some kind growing into and through my line, so I... <laughs> I went to the store and bought about seven different tree-killing chemicals that I was going <laughs> to mix together, and I was going to fucking just... I was going to melt the fucking yard to get these roots <laughs> out. Uh, I know what stuff can go in PVC and what stuff is pretty much environmentally safe, so I mixed some shit together with... I just made some tree killer, basically, and I was going to pour it down the drain, out in the yard down the drain, and let let life happen. So I pull up this, pull up this cover, start, and I bought like a little, I mean like a $4 little cheap wannabe kind of snake and fed Mm -hmm. it through and no resistance, not at all. And this thing is probably 30, 40 feet long. And from where I was putting it in to the driveway end, which pretty much means now I'm in the sewer system, was only like 15 feet. So I ran this thing all the way through and got absolutely no resistance whatsoever. So hmm. uh, I pulled it back out. I ran a tape measure through just to make sure. And yeah, I was, I mean, I ran the full, I ran the full 75 feet out from this thing, just trying to figure out where the hell this, these roots were. Couldn't find them. Uh I found the city access as well, so I have now. If this ever comes up again, I have the access to uh, make like snaking my lines a lot easier. But right. I could not find any roots at all. I ran that thing in and out. I just switched it around. I did the best I could to try to find anything that this was catching on, and it wasn't. So I don't know what she saw. Maybe the only thing I could think was uh, I noticed when I pulled the access cover off. It just popped off. So maybe when she was running the snake through, the snake was probably strong enough. Maybe it popped it up, you know what I mean, and just popped the cap off. And she was seeing dirt and, like, grass roots, not Mm -hmm. an actual tree roots. Because, again, I have nothing in my yard. Right. So hopefully that's all good. Let's get that (laughs) shit story out of the way. Uh, False alarm. Hopefully just a false alarm. And all is well. No more backing up and all that shit. I got a couple more things to fix on my actual toilet, but other than that, everything's fine. Life is back to normal. Uh, let's see. I should have pulled my fucking video thing up because I know, oh, I think I watched at least one movie or two. Uh, I do know that my wife and I have plans to go have a, uh, a fancy, romantic, uh, expensive dinner tomorrow night. But before we go to the dinner, we are going to go see Aquaman. Now, nice. I have not had the biggest, or sorry, the greatest things to say about DC films in general. Uh, I like the Dark Knight films, yeah, but the Batman, Superman, stuff like that. I've just been kind of eh, not not feeling it. I did like Wonder Woman, and I've heard lots of people say, yeah, this Aquaman has that feel. You know that Aquaman has the feel that uh, Wonder Woman had, where it's like they get it. You know, they're doing a better job. Right. It's supposed to be two and a half hours long. I've seen at least one more trailer for it, and it looked pretty interesting. So, I mean, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm not I'm not looking for it to blow me over and rock my world, but if it's at least a competent DC film, uh, 
you know, it's I, I hopefully I'll be entertained and maybe it'll put me put me in a better mood for future and upcoming DC films. Yeah. Uh, I'm running through. I haven't sorted all my movies out just yet, so I'm trying to see what movies I have seen. I know I talked about a lot of these already. Mile 22, Mission Impossible. Uh, Pledges was one movie I, I saw. It's a 2018 movie about uh, some supernatural shit that goes on. Like these college pledges are out in the woods and some supernatural shit starts fucking with them. I couldn't get over the very, very campy B quality, like shitty quality of the movie. I stopped probably about an hour and a half or about an hour in. Don't know how it ended. I just, I just <laughs> left it alone. Uh, and I know that's like a thing, you know, a lot of people like to watch B movies like that. They like to watch these low funded films and, you know, they just ignore the campy nature or they get their humor from that. And I just, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get it. Yeah, I hear uh, Clove Hitch Killer, I think I may have talked about already. May have been just that one. Uh, oh, I did watch, <laughs> I did watch The Predator. Uh, I figured I had to. I owed it to myself to watch it just because I am a much bigger fan of Predator movies over Alien movies, though I do like them both. I will watch them both, but I could see The Predator coming a mile away. I could see what it was going to be. I could see the... It, I, I could just tell it wasn't going to be good. Uh, the, the Predator movies, they, they're they lacking what they need. And granted, we're only talking about... I'm only talking about four. There's Predator 1, 2, uh, Predators, and now The Predator. Mm-hmm. I understand there's an Alien... There's an AVP 1 and 2. I don't really count those. Those are so popcorn, shove-in-your-mouth movies that it, I, I don't count them. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, this movie was not that good at all. I, th- a lot of stuff didn't make sense. I felt like they were going for a lot of humor and a lot of, uh, just, just a lot of narrative choices that just did not work at all. Uh, spoiler warning for The Predator. I don't know, Chris, if you have any inclination to see this movie, but it's the, the, the new Predator that get in, that gets introduced is just a taller Predator. It doesn't really offer more to the game. Okay, it does have an exoskeleton that it can just form on its skin. Uh, it's supposed to be more vicious and all that, but eh, it ju- it just fell flat for me. It didn't mm-hmm. it didn't have the oomph and the weight that it was supposed to have. And I gotta say, man, I really feel that the right company needs to get a hold of the Predator and do it justice. The Predator needs to be a silent, stalking fear-inducing beast in a movie. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be so wild and in-your-face, and I don't need to see the inside of their ship with the, with all the space-age technology, and <laughs> I don't need that. I don't need their outfit to keep getting more sleek and more fashionable as everyone comes out, you know? Make it... I, I am a alien monster that is out to hunt people, and I... I don't, I don't know, just keep it as base as you can. And I was thinking, like, it would be so nice 
to have a movie where we see instead of the predator doing fucking backflips and 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 gun kata shit if you <laughs> if i could just see a predator up in a tree you know those movie scenes where they'll have like a character on the screen but they're like in a lower corner so they're making your eyes go to the back of the screen or the yeah. back of the scene they need that that's all they they need that mentality with the predator they need a stalking silent antagonist with a predator imagine you're watching the person trying to figure out where the predator is it's trying to hunt the predator and the predator's up in a tree like you know (laughs) hungered down with its with his knees bent and it's like just watching that's what we need you know it's uh, i don't know i don't know what kind of i'd have to sit down and think about what good company could do it because every Hollywood company now that takes the Predator, they go this, they go bigger and louder and brighter, and it's not what I, that's not what they need. That's not what right. the Predator des- deserves. So anyway, enough Predator bashing. Uh, <laughs> I, I took the bullet for people. Whatever, it was not that good. I will, I, I will not watch it again. I can guarantee you. And Predator One is pretty much still my favorite movie. Still my favorite Predator. I just hope someday somebody will take the reins over and do it justice. Uh, video games. So, I've been bouncing around my Steam list a little bit because, uh, as I mentioned uh, last episode, Xenogears is pretty much done for me. Yeah. Uh, bid you a fond farewell, Xenogears. I'm sure I'll get back to you <laughs> someday. Or I'll just watch uh, <laughs> plot summaries about 20 times and get it down pat. Uh, I closed my Steam, so I have to open it again real quick. I want to make sure I tell the other games before I get to the one that I've been playing the most. All right. Uh, not necessarily bouncing around. I think I said this last episode as well. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, if anything, me bouncing around is just because I keep buying games that are on sale, and I'm trying to get some gameplay in before yeah. the. The deadline wears off, you know. Uh, I haven't gone back to Torok again yet. I've I've made it, you know, two, three, four areas in, and it's it's for what it is, man. It's still fun. Haven't found a reason to go back to it yet, but it's mainly because I've been working on a couple other games here and there. Uh, and man, I I don't have anywhere near the number that you have yet, but. It's it's getting harder and harder to run through this list that I have and try to find what I'm playing because there's a there's a lot. Yep, that's every why I always sort by recent. <laughs> yep, every Steam sale now it's 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 I, I say this in a polite way. It's getting worse and worse. <laughs> uh, I did recently purchase uh, Hitman One though. I finally made that jump. I finally went out and yeah. purchased my video game. You know the one that <laughs> I look like. Uh, so in, in time I will get into that as well. That's yeah, I that's have it as well. Another, yeah. Maybe we can both play uh, through that same time at some point. Yeah. And if I like Hitman One, if it if it turns out to be as good as people have told me it's it is, then maybe now I'll probably get Hitman too. But I will freely admit I have never played a single Hitman ever. Uh, I've watched a movie of Hitman. I have not played a game. That's how bad, that's how much of an asshole I am. So this, <laughs> I've heard great things about this reboot. Really, really good things. And I hear the second yeah. one is is even better. So 
hopefully that'll that'll do justice. So one of the games that I have been playing recently, uh, and mind you, it was only for a couple hours. I only played it the one night, and then I stopped, and I haven't went back yet because of the game I haven't playing is Dragon Ball Fighter Z. This okay. has been in my Steam list. Uh, sorry, it's been in my Steam library for several months i picked it up oh i think during the summer sale or maybe the one before that i forget and there's like 20 steam sales a year now yeah but i did purchase it for i think it was around 25 or 30 bucks and uh man i got to tell you this game everything that everybody around me was saying it it proves true the quality of this game is astounding <laughs> the the attention to detail when it comes to trying to match dragon ball z animation sound effects uh voiceovers the the clashes all that stuff so good all of it so good uh i have never been the greatest fighting game player in the world i never will strive to be i i take fighting games as they come and i if anything i unlock all the characters and that's usually about where i stop yeah. so unfortunately with dragon ball fighter z the the one that i purchased apparently had all the characters unlocked anyway oh. so now my next default is to go through basically the story mode yeah and it has an original story with uh, a new character or two involved in it. And uh, when I do go through this game and decide to get heavy into it, that's what it'll be. It'll be me going through the story mode. There are lots of unlockables as well. You're, you're, you're used, you start out in an overworld scenario. And it's, well, not an overworld. You have, you have like this a hub area. Where right. you go to everything, where you go to matches, where you go to stores, etc., etc., and your little character in that hub world, you can buy new characters, you can buy skins, colors, stuff like that. So there's a, I say buy, as in currency that you get in the game. Uh, the more battling that you do, the better you are, etc. It gives you points and whatnot. You can use those points to unlock new stuff. It seems to be, uh, kind of a I, I guess loot box scenario because I think that's how loot boxes work. Like if you put currency, you can buy this thing that you open up and it'll give you ten different things. Yeah. Or if you spend a little less of the currency, you can just get one. I've been saving up as I go and just get ten at a time. And uh, so that part is pretty cool. I, I do un I do like unlocking things, but. <laughs> As sad as it is, I mean, this goes to all fighting games. This goes to Injustice 2, which I also have, and I put some time into because the single-player story of that game was so awesome. Once I get past unlocking every character and uh, and doing the whatever, hopefully if it does, have a single-player mission, that's usually where my fighting gameplay stops. If I, if I jump in and get a random match in or two, that's like once or twice in a year. But I feel good even for purchasing this game, just supporting this. Uh, everything that I've heard about this game is so true. I'm so glad that this game got such such praise, such hype at Evo this year. Like it was a big, big tournament thing. Mm -hmm. So it's it's definitely worth it. It's you feel right at home with Dragon Ball Z stuff. One thing that I, that I thought was uh, I kept trying to remember as I was talking about this. Uh, there there's all kind of fan service stuff out there, all kind of dialogue between specific characters and stuff. But one thing that I thought was really funny, uh, I was fighting in a battle 
against uh, Tien. And for those that know, uh, in the Dragon Ball Z universe, Tien is used, he usually has a little buddy that follows him around named uh, uh, Chaozu. Mm-hmm. And Chaozu's big thing is he can latch onto you and explode and kill you. And I was fighting a match against Tien, and it was about halfway through health for both of us. Suddenly, out of nowhere, Chaozu just pops onto the screen, latches onto me. The screen cuts over to to Tien going, Chaozu, no! And Chaozu explodes, (laughs) and it cuts back to, as the match is still going... It cuts back to us fighting, and Tien is on his knees, like, no, like, pounding the ground with his fist. I was like, what the hell? That's fucking cool. It was cool, and it made me laugh at the same time. I just randomly got blown up by Chaozu, and Tien was like, no. (laughs) Oh, man. Little details like that. It's pretty nice. Uh so for Christmas, I did get one video game. My my mother-in-law bought me uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate. Out of fucking nowhere. So, yeah, I've got that game now, which means I will have to go through and get all the DLC because I cannot own Smash Ultimate and not have Joker when Joker becomes available. So that will happen in time. I put in... I put in a little bit of gameplay with it here and there. Fortunately, it is the Switch, so I can play it here at the house, and I can play it out in the, out and about if I if I go somewhere and know I'm gonna wait or whatnot. I've only unlocked about three or four characters. Seems fairly easy to do it, uh, and I, I could talk about Smash Brothers Ultimate, but my God, everybody and their mother has talked about this game, <laughs> and. It's been talked to death. This game is unbelievably packed with shit. It's 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 fucking incredible the amount of work that he, that that uh man I, I want to look up his name now because I forgot his name. But him and his whole team that he's he's put into this game and it shows it shows just from the little bit that I've played uh, all the Nintendo love is just it's it's all there and yeah. I commend that whole team for everything they've done. Uh, Masahiro Sakurai, I'm so sorry I forgot your name. But yeah, it's this game is phenomenally large, not just with characters, but just crammed, filled to bursting with extras. I will treat this game just like I just said about the other games, man. I'll, I'll go through and unlock characters eventually over time, and there is a single-player style game uh, mode to it, and I'll probably run through that. But once that's done, probably it for me. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's got a lot to it, though, so oh, just God, running yeah, through, like, the World of Light and stuff is going to take a while. Yeah, yeah, because, and again, I'm not that great at fighting games. I'm not good at Smash either, As and you can make that game as easy or as hard as you want to when you start a regular match. And I usually put a, a little bit what I would grade as the hard difficulty. You know, it starts you off at medium, and you have, like, a, you really have, like, a, 0.01 moving slider that you can increase difficulty. I put it about where hard would be. And if when you finish a round, when you finish a, 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 a set of matches and you go through the credits, a character will challenge you. If you lose, you don't get a rematch. You can rematch throughout the set of matches and it costs you and it gives you less points if you if you do that and you win anyway. But if you lose to a challenger, you don't get to fight him again until you go through all that shit all over again. And I suck. So I'm going to be <laughs> taking a long time to unlock all these characters. Well, and then I, 
At a point, you also unlock the ability to rematch the unlock challenges. Oh, uh, okay. But if you lose Eventually. the rematch, then they go away. Yeah. There's that. There's the single player. There's all the uh, sticker type things to mm-hmm. unlock. There, yeah. There is a there is a mega ton of stuff to do. So the content will be there, and it's another game that I can play at my leisure. Uh, the other game that I was working on for a while was Alma's Awakening. I only put a level a level or two into that uh, just because I started joining started going through my steam list and just picking off games to try uh the game that i have worked on the most uh here recently the past three or four days actually is uh chasm now i could go through a game description and tell you things about why i have picked this game but just one word metroidvania that's okay. what the game is like. So, you know, I stick with those. Those are those are my go-tos. That's in my that's in my wheelhouse. Uh, pretty good game. Uh, has the has the Metroidvania stuff that you know and love, where you know different thing. You have inaccessible areas, and you have to go find stuff. Yada yada yada. The it's set in in a subterranean area. So, like you have an you have an over an over hub area that's kind of like your town and as you progress through the stages and the levels and the areas you can uh rescue towns town uh, townsfolk and they are ones that have uh that you can buy uh baked goods from them and potions and weapons and armor etc etc uh so but they don't you don't have them initially you know you have to save them and when you save them they go back to the town then you can talk to them and uh get stuff some of them aren't that easy either you have to find like uh i want to say for the potion person they say hey uh you found me and that's cool and all but i can't uh do the potions unless you bring me this like formula paper Mm -hmm. so you also have to find that and then when you do that then you can buy stuff uh as you go through the levels uh there are shortcuts that get unlocked so every so when you go down into the mines that's like the first area you, you can go into it will have three or four different areas inside the large map that you can discover and then you, they're kind of like quick warps they're like quick teleporters i guess you'd say and then once you unlock a new area the main teleporter you can start tele it will unlock its own main teleporter so you can start bouncing back and forth with it. i hope that's making sense but basically you can you could fast travel to a lot of these things the more the more areas and shortcuts you unlock it makes it that easier to teleport back and forth uh that's really about it, man. I mean, it's a Metroidvania. They're, the graphics are pretty, around about 16-bit era. Uh, the music's pretty decent. I mean, it's it's a Metroidvania. It's up my alley. I haven't found anything negative about it, except for, and I hate saying this so damn often, but <laughs> the difficulty. Uh, I say the difficulty not, it's, it's, it. I, I, it's hard for me to determine whether or not this is artificial difficulty or what because the difficulty is more the enemies are fucking bullet sponges it's, that's okay. that's the most that's the most the most the best term I can put put to it 
the first first chunk of enemies that I would come across, they would take anywhere from two to three hits to three to five or six hits to kill. I go to a next area. Now it's like three or four hits to five, six, seven, eight hits. And then I went to the next area and it's like ten hits to kill this enemy. And I said, okay, this game runs off experience. This game has gear. Uh, it has stats, so let me go try to get some more gear. Alright, so I went up and bought what I could buy. I bought some gear. Not good enough. It's it, it one less hit that it would take to kill somebody. <laughs> okay, well then, if I can't buy my gear, let me go to every... Let me just do a big loop, do a big backtrack of every area that I've been to. This does a couple things typically in these games. One, it lets you find secret areas that you passed over. Or right. two, if you had gotten a new accessibility tool and you forgot about, oh, there was a cliff up there that I needed to double jump to. Now I can double jump. It You, you go back I can find this stuff mm -hmm. also there are enemies out there and if i kill them i get xp so i'm also grinding a little bit so i went back to and forgive me folks i don't have exact details i may i may be I, this may have been like the second large area i was in that i started getting my shit kicked in uh but I went back to every area I could, and yeah, I got a couple of extra items. I got, a, and that's another thing. This all this backtracking does it gets you more gold and more money. I did get some more money. I got one more level. That was it. That was killing every enemy I come across. I was like, all right, well, grinding's out the fucking question. Unless I'm gonna do it in the area I'm in, and man, it's there was nothing I could do. It's just i just had to fucking kill enemies now the enemy design is pretty cool uh very very reminiscent of uh of old metroidvania style games like symphony of the night where enemies don't just have one attack motion some enemies have most enemies have two and they have like a pattern to their attack. You know, some enemies will crouch down. That's your visual cue to know that they are about to jump at you. They'll lunge at you right. and then they'll back up and then maybe they'll throw a fireball and an arc or something. So you do, there is enemy pattern memorization to it. That is nice. But when you know that in a five second span of time, you're only going to get one hit on this enemy and hope that you dodge his hit. And then you also know that it's going to take about seven to eight hits to kill this fucker. It, it wears on you. It yeah. wears on you when there are seven enemies in one screen and the map has 40 screens. You know, uh, I got over it. I got over that eventually. I just did a lot of grinding. I started unlocking new areas and beating bosses. And as I progressed, I've gotten better about. Uh, finding pretty easy spots to go back and forth and back and forth and level up. It's gotten a little easier now. I've unlocked more. I've unlocked more weapons and more armor, so that's made me able to take more hits and also made me able to dish out more damage. My levels increased, so there was definitely a uh, what I feel is was an inexcusable gap of of fuckery in there, mm -hmm. but the game itself is still good. It still has the Metroidvania style stuff that I love. I'm, I think I'm either four or five large areas into the game. I don't know how many more there are to go, but it's been chunking up most of my time. Uh, yeah, I, I'll, at the end of the day, the, the big takeaway, I am enjoying it. I just got a little pissy 
early on. <laughs> I, I do feel it was justified, though. I really do. Yeah. If I go out of my way as the player to do everything I can to maximize what I can possibly do other than grinding levels, and I'm obviously in the next area that I can progress to, when enemies that get that difficult, it's not, you know... It's not that Bloodborne slash Dark Souls thing where it's like, okay, I've got 16 patterns to memorize and my, I've got to be on edge with my with my controls and really twitchy and really good. It's more like, no, I need to dodge, hit, wait, dodge, hit, wait. Die. And I'm looking at my fucking clock. And it's just like, you're not going to hit me and I'm just going to keep hitting you and it's going to take me a fucking minute to kill you. Ah, come on. Uh... And yeah, that's that's pretty much it for my week. I don't know. I don't have any solid plans for what I'm going to play after this. I may go into a turmoil. I may go start a bunch of games. I may try Hitman. Who knows? I don't know, and I never know. <laughs> but that's what I'm working on right now. I kind of have a slight plan that I want to go through and try to bust out as many of the games that I have bought on this last Steam sale. At least just try them out, just in case there's some in there I don't like. Right. I've also been going back through my Steam and at least four or five times a day during the sale, trying to go through that queue and just to see if I want to add some more games for sale. Uh, I haven't found a ton of ones that I want to buy immediately, but I have added at least 10 or 15 more games to the list, which will always keep growing. That's <laughs> the way yeah. Steam works. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for my week. Which, uh, was there something else? Yeah. Uh, so, I completely forgot... When we were going over news stuff, but I actually put it in the Discord and didn't even check. Uh, so last week, Bethesda tweeted out that anyone that played the full version of Fallout 76 in 2018 is going to get the fi- uh, the Fallout anthology uh, on PC. Wow. Um, let me double check. Uh, or sorry, the Fallout Classic Collection. Yeah. Uh, on PC. Now, some people are a little annoyed because no matter what platform you played on, you're going to get PC games. Mm-hmm. It, whatever, they're old school. They they play on anything. Um, it's Fallout, Fallout Two, and Fallout Tactics. I think it's called. Yeah. Is the other one? I already owned the collection, so I don't know what I'm going to do with it. <laughs> but uh, I mean, that's it's not great as far as apologies go but it's okay it's yeah they should have just stuck with giving fallout 3 and all the dlc that would have been good (laughs) yeah here's where our real shit kicked up you know here's where it really started to get heavy for us but eh companies giving out free games what are you gonna do All right, so let's roll into the topic, which we are kind of back on track for the years and reviews and topics and whatnot. Eh, what am I saying? It doesn't matter. We do what the fuck we want to. We're in a time cast. <laughs> but today's topic is the ga- the year review 1996. Uh, yep. Chris and I have already went through 96, uh, both news and games, and picked out what we want to talk about. Uh, let's get some of the non-gaming stuff out of the way. Just some... Just some gaming news for this year. So, uh, big one. Nintendo 64 was released this year. Yeah, It's a big, big deal. Uh, fun fact, not really specifically week related because I haven't watched them yet, but I've, <laughs> I couldn't believe I forgot about this. So, back in the 
seventh grade, we had this uh, class called uh, technology, technology growth or technology electronics and te- electronics and technology. I think I could be wrong. Basically, it was a and this was back in the very late nineties. It was a it was a definitely a, an up and coming style classroom class for for kids to be involved in. It was them bringing computers in and robotics and stuff like that and. It was trying to impress upon children and get get or, or kids, uh, teenagers, high schoolers, and getting them to see that hey, technology is really coming into our world and becoming a, a mainstay. And it was pretty cool. There was uh, a report that we had to do close to the end of the cl- uh, the semester, and it could be on anything technology related. You know, some some kids did stuff on like uh, 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 robot arms that you could use to. Uh, move chemicals around uh some did it on like you know how how technology is growing with vehicles you know with gps and stuff like that i wanted to do mine <laughs> duh, on video games mm-hmm. and the you were allowed to ha- also have well no it, w- it wasn't a thing i asked a teacher if i could uh, bring in a visual uh presentation it was a video basically and she was like sure uh i did mine my entire report on the it was basically a uh, sizzler for the Nintendo 64. It was a, holy shit, guys, get hype. The Nintendo 64 <laughs> is a really cool gaming thing, and it's coming. 3D gaming, here we go. And I remember that Nintendo Power had sent me back in the day, which now I discovered, Chris, there were 10 of them, uh, basically a uh, demo VHS tape that had nintendo related stuff in it it would there was there was one for donkey kong country there was one for about for like three or four or five nintendo 64 games that's the one that i had there was one for different uh there was one just for super mario world 2 yoshi's island it's basically these nintendo promotion vhs tapes and yeah i had one of those i played about five i basically started the started the video at the mario 64 section of that vhs tape and then spent you know 10 15 minutes giving an oral presentation on guys 3d gaming is fucking cool <laughs> look what mario can do now look what he could do back then look what he can do now it's so cool so that and many other gaming reasons i mean nintendo, nintendo 64 was a big console it was a big deal oh yeah and uh it came out this year uh, the Game Boy Pocket was released. Uh, I had one of those. People, yep, me too. People got tired of compl- they were complaining to Nintendo about how big and bulky the Game Boy was, and it was. So they released a slimmer version that literally fit in your pocket. Uh, this was really cool. GameSpot and GameFAX began in 1996. That that was pretty crazy. I didn't realize it was that old. I mean, I, I kind of figured it was because, you know, text-based uh, guides were around when I was in high school. But I think I started stumbling upon them when probably around 97 or 98. I didn't know they started back in 96. That's that's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, Valve, the company Valve, was also founded this year. Uh, Midway Games acquired Atari Games, so Atari pretty much went defunct and sold their assets over, and Midway picked them up. Uh, Technos Japan, 
the or Technos Japan Corporation, which is the Double Dragon team, basically went out of business and they were acquired by Atlas. That's a that's a pretty big one. Atlas picked up yeah. uh, Technos, you know. That's and now every time, as as we heard earlier, when I hear Atlas, I think of Persona. I think of I think of that <laughs> company, Atlas. Even though they've made lots of games before Persona, come on, I know better than that. Uh, this one is a failure on me, Chris. I don't know if you looked it up, but we may do it well actually later, unless you can finger it real quick. Uh, Nintendo Entertainment's N- Nintendo of America versus Computer and Computer Entertainment Incorporated. This apparently was some big lawsuit uh, style court issue that happened between Nintendo and this. I don't know what it was. I meant to look it up and I completely forgot, but it was enough in history to make note on the wiki. So I was like, hmm, must have been a big thing. Probably a patent thing. Who knows? Uh, if you want to look it up, I'll, I'll keep running that yeah. list real quick. Uh, so the ver- a lot of a lot of things got discontinued this year. Uh, some of them were like, yeah, well, who cares? Seems like most of them were Actually, the Virtual Boy discontinued this year. The Atari Jaguar, uh, Jaguar, the 3DO interactive multiplayer console was done away this year. Uh, the Sega CD and the 32X both discontinued. What a that's, shame. That, that, that's kind of a shame right there, yeah. And the Philips CDI. There are so many consoles that exist, brother, that I have no idea. I've never played. I think I may have played a Philips CDI at a local electronic store back in the late 90s. I think Philips CDI was one of them. I remember there being a game where you were a human on this gigantic 3D grid, and there were these blocks that were constantly rotating around, and you were trying to get away from them. I feel that was also re-released on another console, but I remember playing it on some off-name thing like the 3DO or the Philips CDI. There were so many consoles that cost so much money I never heard of. I was so locked into a Sega Nintendo bubble that these things were an anathema to me. So, <laughs> these consoles were discontinued. Never played it. Never played a single one. Yeah. So, that court case... Nintendo of America Inc. versus Computer and Entertainment Inc. from 1996. So Nintendo was essentially suing Computer Entertainment Inc. because they were making a device that copied games. So it was copyright infringement, trademark infringement, unfair competition uh, because of a video game duplication device. Um, Wow. And they were, they succeeded. Based on, you know, they were copying games and that was literally the only purpose for it. And on top of that, it looked official. So they thought it was endorsed by Nintendo as well. That was a side thing to it. So that was a pretty big deal. Yeah. 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 That sounds about right. I mean, yeah. They would have to. There was, there's, (laughs) yeah, you're copying my shit. That's not going to happen. Uh, all right, so here we go. We have a total of 39 games to go through, uh, 40 <laughs> games to go through. So uh, uh, let's get this shit started. Uh, right. Too Extreme, this is one you put on here. Yeah, so, so Too Extreme is a, uh, I like the wiki calls it a racing game. It's a <laughs> sports game, uh, uh, extreme sports game 
think X Games, you know, kind of too mm-hmm. extreme. You got the X for extreme, you know. Um, yep. It was roller- 90s, right? Yeah. It was rollerboarding, skateboarding, biking, and snowboarding. So all the, you know, extreme sports, uh, you could choose from which one and did races in it. Uh, so it really was a racing game, but yeah. it makes it sound like it's a car game, but it's not. Um, <laughs> you could do tricks, uh, knock down your opponents and stuff. Uh, your players had stats, uh, four difficulty levels, and you could even turn off the fighting, apparently. I didn't even, I don't think I ever did that. I own this game. <laughs> Um, I don't know why y'all know I own it I don't know how but I own it and I played it I played it a decent amount Um, this was I wonder where this was in relation to Tony Hawk games but it was one of the first games in the avenue of being able to you know skateboard snowboard Mm -hmm. that's fun stuff Uh, rollerblading take it or leave it you know but (laughs) yeah yeah uh, what was it? Was it X Games? Wasn't that was that's what that was called back in the nineties? It may be still around. I don't even know. What? That was it was like officially on ESPN. It was oh, you yeah. could always watch the X Games and it was snowboarding. Absolutely, and, it still is. Yeah, that's huge. Oh, it's still a thing, huh? Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, I, I try I to catch it when I can, be, but, but I don't. Uh, I typically don't. I typically get like highlights. That's, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I was biding my time for half a minute because I was trying to find. This review, and I think I found it because uh, the next game that uh, that's on the list is Legacy of Kane. Uh, so the first Legacy of Kane came out in 1996, uh. and oh man, I this is a game series that I've been trying to get Adam to play for a while, and it's 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 another one of those that unfortunately it may be lost to time because mm-hmm. uh, as you go progressively further back throughout the history of these games they get further and further away from anything modern i think uh legacy of kane defiance was the last one and that was a playstation 2 uh era game so uh and legacy of kane this very first one is wholly different than every other legacy of kane game that was made after uh this is this was a kind of over the it was over the uh, top-down view, just think Diablo, but straight up and down instead of the the world being at an angle. And I will I will put hand up and speak honestly. I have never played Blood Omen Legacy of Cain, even though I am such a huge fan of this series, mainly because I had played the next game, which was Soul Reaver, and every game after that, including Legacy of Cain 2, uh, the, or Blood Omen 2. Uh, and those are all different. They're all a uh, behind-the-back third-person action puzzle style game. The action and the puzzling and the graphics and all that, I I can understand that people want to shy away because they are they are subpar. And again, the further you go back in the generations, the harder they are to get into. But I'm telling you now, the story of the entire Legacy of Kane series is so damn good. It is so interweaving. It's, it has so many good plot elements, so much backstabbing, so much, man, I really want to figure out what's going on. I think I got it figured out. Nope, there goes another wrench into it. Bottom line, this is what, if I hate using this, as the, this is the only analog I can go for when I'm talking to the, the mass audience. Do you like Game of Thrones? You're going to love this shit because it is constantly you trying to figure out 
what's going on. Uh, I've stumbled upon a retrospective style video that did a way, way better job than I've ever done explaining the the lengthy, spoiler-free also, uh, Legacy of Kane series. Uh, I may pronounce the name wrong, Balkinjima. Uh, it's B-O-U-K-E-N-J-I-M-A, and the video is Legacy of Kane Series Retrospective, Never Forget. Uh, he quite literally goes through the entire Legacy of Kane series and points out all the highlights. He, he even points out some of the negatives of it as well, but I love this series, man. I really do. I have found a video that basically took all the story and cutscenes of every one of these games and slammed them together and took a, a Legacy of Kane movie. You could do that if you wanted to. You know, if the gaming just completely throws you off and it's just unapproachable to you, there's a way that you can you can have all the story there. But I, I recommend playing the games. They have a lot of puzzle elements to them, and I, I enjoyed them. I've enjoyed everyone I've played. Uh, I've watched the stories of Legacy of Kane, the first one. I haven't played them, but I, I've, I've, I liked all the other ones. Uh, liked or loved them. All, all the rest of them. Good story, good, good franchise, good series. Started in 1996. Uh, Civ 2 nice. came out this year. Just want to throw a shout out that Civ was uh, starting to come up, and this was the second game in the series. Clock yeah. Tower also came out this year. Uh, by the way, Chris, a little behind the scenes for us. What? So the the green was you. What was just me, and what was us together? Blue is just you. Okay, okay. Uh, Clock Tower, I have watched a couple different LPers or uh, slash YouTube personalities play through the Clock Tower games, and I will say that they are definitely a genuine addition to that 90s PlayStation horror game genre that people know about. Uh, I think this is like a third in, this, in the types. You know, you have Resident Evil, Silent Hill, and Clock Tower as well. Uh I don't actually remember. I really should just pull this fucking page back up. I don't remember if the Clock Tower originally was on the PC or if it was on the SNES, but the ones that I've seen have been on usually the PlayStation style. PlayStation graphics, PlayStation era. In any event... Yeah. The uh, the wiki says it was released on PlayStation, but some of the description says you can use a mouse. Uh, I don't recall being able to use a mouse with the original PlayStation. Could you? Ah, uh, You know what? I don't... I want to say you could, but I never, ever did. That oh. would definitely put the next game way up there if you could. But, <laughs> yeah, again, I personally haven't played a single Clock Tower. I, I'll admit that, but I have seen gameplay, and I will I will say that it definitely has, uh, it's got that horror element to it. You're being stalked through the house by this crazy guy with, with a pair of scissors, and you're trying to lead him away from you and trap him and trick him and all that stuff. So pretty pretty good game. Uh, Command & Conquer Red Alert came out this year for the PC. Oh, yeah. Man, this was my first. You never, you mm -hmm. never forget your first. That's the saying. This was my first <laughs> real-time strategy. I honestly don't know how I came across this. Uh, I didn't play it on PC. Uh, another admit, a lot of admitting on here, a lot of coming clean on the end of Timecast. <laughs> but the first time that I ever played Command and Conquer Red Alert was not on the PC. It was on the PlayStation. So I was severely hampered. But I didn't. I never knew how badly hampered right. I was. The only thing I knew was Command and Conquer Red Alert on the PC. So I thought it was just fine. You know, lo and behold, years later, I play StarCraft on the PC, and they're like, "Yeah, mouse and keyboard, dude." 
man, you have (laughs) 7,000 controls at your fingertips as opposed to, you know, just the buttons on the PlayStation. Yeah. But uh, so while I will be talking about Red Alert for just a moment, it's my memories solely go to the PlayStation era. But as far as the game itself, oh, man, this is my first and I loved it. Uh, To this day, I have fond memories of playing as the Soviets, uh, generating mammoth tanks and setting walls of Tesla coils around my base. And just (laughs) I loved being close close to your base and scouting around and you just hear (laughs) and when you hear like seven of them, it's like, oh, yeah. And you send one person out to repair your Tesla coil and you go back to like, y'all ain't getting in my base. Come on. Yeah, that was my objective every time I played. It's like, all right, get all the Tesla coils up and let's do this. Yep. 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 I I don't know if I ever played it on PlayStation. I think I might have, but I mostly played on PC. I think I still own it on PC. I had discs yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Uh, that was tons of fun. I And I, I mentioned this before. I don't know if I actually played this before I played StarCraft. Huh. I might have played StarCraft and then went, oh, hey, RTS, and went back and played it. <laughs> yeah, this was definitely my first. I played on the PlayStation, and then a few years later, somebody introduced me to StarCraft. Uh, point of fact, I was in Army uh, AIT in Fort Lee, Virginia, and the first time that I got uh, basically the pass to go to the, there was like a BX area that had a computer room in it, and right. the guy that I... Uh, met and became really good friends with uh thank you pokemon yellow for introducing us to each other uh he was like yeah i've got my mom she's gonna send me my copy of starcraft up here it's a real-time strategy uh if you like command and conquer you'll like it i was like oh yeah sure and then holy hell i didn't know what i was in for until i started playing that game it's pretty it's so bad that i was so eager everybody else is trying to get their pass so they can go get pizza you know go buy cds and just go be around it's like let's i want to go back to that computer room i had to spend money to be on that computer and borrow his disc so i could play starcraft in this fucking computer room for hours on end oh man but that starcraft this command and conquer red alert for the pc came out in 1996 crash bandicoot also came out in 1996 this was the first mascot style game that playstation was going to push uh does don't know if they ever quite got that fandom but I still think that Crash Bandicoot is the iconic PlayStation yeah. guy. You know, yeah, it's huge. The Spyro comes the, in uh, there. Release late, late. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, platforming game uh, with with the with the uh, mechanics being that you are running, you're running toward the camera or away from the camera directly. Mm-hmm. And you had to uh, smash into boxes, pick up a lot of uh, items throughout the levels uh, with the, the apples and secret items. And the platforming got very difficult later on, but oh, yeah. v- very fun game. Multiple cr- multiple uh, uh, sequels behind it, some spinoff games. Mm-hmm. There's even a kart racing game. So definitely an I- Ooga Booga masks. Oh, yeah. The Ooga Booga. Aku Aku. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Good staple in the PlayStation franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cruising World was released, uh, arcade game. This is another one that I played in the arcade quite often, even though yeah. I suck at racing. I I don't know if I ever made past the second race, but <laughs> I always, even to this day, will remember and still do 
double tap gas gives oh, yeah. you a boost. Man, I love it. I abuse the hell out of my gas pedal in Cruising World. Yeah, was that the one that also did a flip with the car? That, I don't remember doing a flip. Okay, might have been a different one. Yeah, I just remember double tapping the gas and the front end of your, mm-hmm. of your whatever vehicle coming up. Uh, a couple of distinctions of this one is that, yeah, you were cruising the world, so there were actually uh, around-the-world locales to race in. But, I mean, it's an arcade racer. You know, it's it's it, yeah. it's as arcadey as they can make it. But there were also other vehicles you could race instead of just cars. There was Jeeps and trucks and cars and shit. So, as an arcade racing game, it was still fun. There's tons of fun. Yep. Dead or Alive arcade fighting game made its debut 1996. Just another uh, another fighting game franchise that made it pretty far. Uh, I don't know where mm-hmm. they at today. I the last time that <laughs> I ever pl- yeah. Oh good god, the last mainstay Dead or Alive that I ever played. I actually owned Dead or Alive Five on the uh, PlayStation Two and thought it was really cool that they had a very in depth like tutorial throughout the game. Like mm-hmm. the tutorial would would it would pitch you against the computer and would start ranking you up the more you learned, and you were basically fighting the computer. And the further, the better you got at fighting the computer, the more it would rank you up and the more difficult it would make the training dummy, basically. It gave you all kind of ranks and stuff. So it went pretty far and had a pretty good following. But I don't know. I don't even know if that if, if, if Dead or Alive ever made, even made Evo before. But it's notable. It's there. It was 1996. Sharing a spot with the D's is Diablo. Yeah. Blizzard coming around again, making another yep. franchise. Another hand of honesty, Chris. I never played the first Diablo. I never did. The um, first, first, and well, I can't say only anymore, but the only Diablo I ever played was Diablo 2. So, you know yeah. what? I, I think I did, actually. I think I played more of 2, but I think I played a little bit of 1 yeah. uh, before I had access to 2. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's another mainstay staple franchise from blizzard it's one of their it's one of their big boys uh not one to be ignored that's for damn sure yeah uh donkey kong country 3 dixie kong's double trouble came out this year uh i like this game because i haven't found a donkey kong country that i don't like but i don't like the enemy designs in this one that's 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 always been my big my big no-no to this game the mm-hmm. the way that they kind of redesigned the kremlings or whatever the fuck enemies they design not a fan never been a fan but the gameplay is still there it's still solid platforming enjoyed it it's just not my favorite one uh the the other kind of odd thing is that so donkey kong is gone diddy kong's gone I think they're both captured and you're trying to rescue them both. And Dixie's back in, which I lo- I've always loved her in any of these games it, since the second one when she first came in into play. The fact that she can twirl her hair around and it kind of lets oh, yeah. you hover slash float. And then they brought in Kitty Kong. All right, so Final Doom came out for 1996 <laughs> uh, for uh, Windows the PlayStation and DOS just wanted to make a note of this. This was, this was a, so there was doom, doom two, and now final doom, just more doom levels, more the shit, you know, uh, I didn't do any research on any of these titles that I can't, that I don't know off the top of my head. I don't know if there was a special gimmick thing that was in final doom, like maybe a new version of a gun or something, but 
I have played this, and I played it on the PlayStation. I played the PlayStation version, and it was, I mean, it's, it was more Doom. That's all I cared about. Uh, oh, there was a PlayStation mouse. The Doom article actually links to it. Wow. It went wow. into a controller port. Of course, there were no other ones, I don't think, on the PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. But, That's... Yeah. Uh, so the Super Nintendo had a mouse. The PlayStation had a mouse. I want to say the 64 did, but I could be wrong. There were a lot of consoles that actually had mouse adaptations. Mm-hmm. And yeah, man, for first-person shooters, those are those There are were phenomenal. like 50 compatible games. Wow. Wow. I can't believe I played Red Alert for so long without a mouse and a keyboard on the PlayStation when the it's option the was list. there. <laughs> I didn't know. I just didn't know. I didn't uh, need to get you a PlayStation mouse. I know. Uh, so Harvest Moon came out for the Super Nintendo, the first... Uh, of the Harvest Moon franchise started here. Pretty popular franchise, I gotta say. Got mm-hmm. a got a strong cult following. Uh, for for people that are the 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 younger kids or or people that are familiar with games around the late two thousand eight, the late two thousand teens. If you've heard of a game called Stardew Valley, if you like that game, you owe it to yourself to go back and try some Harvest Moons. I realize that I am promoting these games, and I've not played a single one. <laughs> not one. But I have I, yet... Go ahead. I, I didn't play this one, but I do believe that there was a 3DS game. Uh, crap. I thought I played it, but maybe I didn't. I might have played a demo or something. But it's definitely a series I want to get into. Yeah. I, I'm only selling it because of anybody I've ever heard talk about this game. I've never heard anything bad. I've never heard anybody bash it or say horrible things about it. So if that style of gameplay is up your alley, I would assume that you will like Harvest, Harvest Moon. It's supposed to be a really good franchise. Uh, House of the Dead came out this year. Arcade shooter. Classic. I I remember I remember playing uh House of the Dead 2 way way more than I played House of the Dead 3 but I I I've played both of them and enjoyed both of them and had a good time with both of them the yeah. the voice acting and all that is a big meme these days I get it but I've loved the House of the Dead I I I love the action involved in it and always had a good time can still have a good time uh, yeah. I still all hear these like on shooters are great. Oh like yeah, I still hear all the key phrases like reload, reload. Uh, I just, <laughs> oh man, I can hear all that stuff. Uh, and it, as I, I hate talking about the games other than the ones on the list, but I remember House of the Dead two so much because that was one of the first Dreamcast games that I ever got to play. Uh, a friend of mine let me borrow his Dreamcast. And there was three or four games let me borrow with it, but he had House of the Dead 2 and a light gun. And I had that game in my house for a good month. And I played that game. I, I got the highest rank, the most points, whatever the fuck you could do in House of the Dead for the Dreamcast. I did everything you could possibly do in that game and I had a, such a good time with it. Man. So, uh, Again, it's hard to imagine playing that game without having to spend a million dollars on quarters, you know? I never played it out of arcade. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Jet Moto. I just put this on the list because this was a another kind of PlayStation staple game. I don't think Jet Moto was on the PlayStation Classic, Chris. 
but mm, this is no. this is one that I feel just should have been. I, I don't know why this is. Everything that I saw around PlayStation was Jet Moto. I played the first Jet Moto a little bit. I think I bought it from a friend and just gave it back because I just didn't get into it. But eh, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I always felt like Jet Moto was a PlayStation staple. Uh, Killer Instinct 2 came out for the arcade. And in the same year, Killer Instinct Gold came out for the Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. Chris, I do not like either one of these games. <laughs> uh wow. and i realize that that is a like what the fuck if anybody's been following this podcast the there's a, only a couple games that i've talked at length about uh fighting games that i've talked at length about and one of them is killer instinct i played killer instinct for the super nintendo for years on end i loved it so much so this should be right in my alley it was not i've never played killer instinct 2 in the arcade because I've always played Killer Instinct Gold for the 64. I played Killer Instinct Gold for the 64 a total of probably four times in my life, and I fucking hate it. Because for whatever reason, they decided to go in with the same characters, change their moves. Like, Saber Wolf Mm. was a character that I was really good at, and a lot of his moves were charge moves. He was a Guile-style character. And they changed that to... uh, Hadouken style moves and I, if I'm not mistaken they did that for every character they just redesigned all the the inputs for moves for every character and I fucking hated that I hated it severely I was not going to hmm. relearn all these characters especially when I I had Saber Wolf down to a fucking science in my head sure. and I, 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 just, I just couldn't do it the graphics were better yes there were more characters yes but in my eyes, Killer Instinct goes Killer Instinct 1, Killer Instinct 2016 or 15, whichever one the re- the remake was. Uh, Killer Instinct remake has been fucking phenomenal. Put a lot of great work into it. They brought Mick Gordon back to do the soundtrack, so I'm all about it. Uh, and I welcome all the Killer Instinct Gold-style characters that came into it, but I, I, I couldn't do it. And you'd think I should. You know, as much as I love Killer Instinct and with all the the cool stylistic redesigns they did, the better music, the better graphics. Yeah. But when I go to control my character and I can't, I was I was done. I was done. Uh, Kirby Superstar came out this year. 1996 Super Nintendo game. I believe there was a total of eight games in one was the big seller for this. There was a. There was a uh, updated remake-ish of Kirby's Dream Land. And there were a couple of original games in there. There were some mini mini game style games in there. Basically, a lot of Kirby packed into one Super Nintendo game. I still feel that I would rather go play Kirby's Adventure over this. But given the given what is in Kirby Superstar, you're not mm-hmm. gonna go wrong playing it. Honestly, uh, pretty much every game after. And including Kirby's Adventure is just it's phenomenal. I don't think there's a bad Kirby game, period. But I mean, if <laughs> you really want to get to the meat and potatoes of them, Kirby's Adventure, Kirby 64, even because that's the first time I remember uh, being able to inhale two separate enemies and you get a different power up. You know, like if you could inhale a fire enemy and a needle enemy together and get a a new uh, power up, that needs to come back 
big time for Kirby. That needs to be a thing. Like multiple, have lots of enemies. This is a winning formula for Kirby. Have lots of enemies, which inhaled give you a different ability, and then have the ability to inhale two of them and get another one. Because half the fun of that game is going to be just finding different enemies that you can mix up and, and get new power-ups with. Uh, I have only played Kirby Superstar a couple times in my life. Honestly, it kind of came and went, and I didn't have the money or nobody had it or whatever, and mm-hmm. I only got to play it way later in my life. We're talking late 20s, early 30s. But for what it is, it's a good Kirby game. Uh, Chris, you can have a mic with this one. All right. Uh, Lunar Silver Star Story Complete, because this game is kind of garbage, so go ahead. Yeah. So I, I, I do talk a lot of crap about it. Um, this, in 96, this was actually not the PlayStation version. This was released mm-hmm. on Sega Saturn in Japan. Um, huh. It didn't come to America on PlayStation until 99. Uh, wow. But and I but this is the, the Sega Saturn version is the same as the PlayStation. Uh, PlayStation was a port of the Saturn one. Um, this is a remake of my favorite game of all time, Lunar Silver Star for Sega CD. Um, it is a very good RPG. Um, when they ported it over, however, they changed too much stuff. If you ever play Silver Star Story Complete or one of the other remakes, uh, Lunar Legend for PSP or whatever the other games are, um, and you liked it, go play the original. It was so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's all I said about Silver Star Story Complete. There is one other <laughs> thing I want to bring up, though. I did not know that there was a Game Gear game, a Lunar Game Gear game, and that's because it was only released in Japan, but it's not Silver Star or Eternal Blue. It is a huh. different game. It is a prequel. or It's not even a prequel. It's Well, it's technically a prequel. But it's based hundreds of years before Silver Star. Wow. So I kind of want to go find it and see if I can find yeah. an English version. You know, a fan mm-hmm. uh, translation or something. Yeah. Because uh, I, I love Lunar. Anything Lunar is good. Um, yeah. As much as I shit on the PlayStation uh, complete version... <laughs> If that's the only one you have access to, go play it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've played it. I've at least played through Lunar Silver Star Story Complete once in my life. Unfortunately, it was just not that memorable for me because I remember the anime cutscene where it had the girls singing and some cool shit was going on, but that's it. I remember <laughs> nothing else about this game. And uh, the followers of the podcast will remember. Uh, several episodes back, I did try to start it up I, again. I did try to get into it, but I just couldn't. It's too bland for me. And then the, the the fucking dragon making shit jokes just really got <laughs> to me. But eh, that's great. Hey, not not everybody. Not every game is for everybody. So if Chris says it's good, take his word for it and go to go go see for yourself. Uh. Mario Kart 64 came out this year. Holy crap. A lot of good games this year, man. Oh, yeah. A lot of good games. And this is another one of those 64 games, uh, much like GoldenEye, where I and friends, when I got to play with friends, put in way too many hours. Oh, yes. And that says something about Mario Kart 64, because there's only like four multiplayer levels and two different modes apiece, and that's it. So... (laughs) <laughs> I can't believe that we got that much fun and entertainment for so long out of this game, but we did because it's fucking fun as hell. Um, uh, 
Mario Kart 64 had 16 courses. Yeah, but multiplayer courses. Uh, four battle courses, if that's what you're talking battle, about. Battle courses, yeah. Where you're yeah. the last the, man now, standing. Right, right. You could versus race on okay. the courses, but I was talking about the battle ones. Okay, uh, gotcha. I, don't, I, I The majority of the time, I'm talking 95 plus percent of the time that when I play with friends, we never race. We always played the battle ones. They were always uh, so much fun. Yeah, my group was the opposite. <laughs> We did more and, racing. Yeah, which which is fine. You know, the bottom line is lots of fun with this game. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the more people you can play, the better. I have played subsequent uh, Mario Karts with friends. I played Double Dash a little bit with friends, so on and so forth. I've ne- It could be just the way life has led me, but I've never had as much fun multiplayer with and lost so many hours of my life multiplayer playing Mario Kart game with playing a Mario Kart game with friends as I have a Mario Kart 64. Yeah. Uh, good music, good fun. Ah. Mm. Yep. And for those that are a fan, is the first one that had the blue shell. <laughs> yep. Started here, baby. Uh Mega Man 8, of course, got to put a Mega Man game on here. Mhm. Uh, another unpopular opinion. I can't, <laughs> I can't hear people when they say they don't like Mega Man Four and they don't like Mega Man Eight. I like Mega Man Eight. I've always liked Mega Man Eight. I've always found the voice acting, while bad, I've always found it charming. The music in Eight is is man. There's some good, easy listening, uh, pseudo jazz style music in Mega Man Eight. Something I just wouldn't think I would like in that game, but there are tracks in there that fit. And they are put on a disc and listened to in your car good. The bosses all have voice acting acting as well. And their repeated lines can get annoying. I'll give you that. Some of the stuff is hard to understand. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I just, I put a wall up and say, fuck you. I just can't explain it. I like, I've always liked Mega Man 8. I've never mm-hmm. had anything to say horrible about it. Yes, if I was in a room with a bunch of like-minded people and we sat down and heard some of the voice acting, we could go, yeah, that's bad. Like, you stuttered when you said that word. You had this slur when you said that word that I don't know why you do. Uh, and the... Uh, yeah, I, I get it, but it's always been charming to me. It's always had a soft spot in my heart, and it was a uh, Saturn and PlayStation release, which means it had 32-bit uh, side-scrolling bit action or bit bit graphics, and I I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Always have. Definitely not in the in the realm of like Mega Man X Seven shit. You know, not not horrible. Never played it. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Fine. You you will one day have your arm twisted, and you will go through every Mega Man game, oh, all Jesus. 76 of them, so get ready. Metal Slug came out this year. I just wanted to put this on the list because the Metal Slug series started here. SNK franchise, side-scrolling, shoot them up, get different power-ups. Uh, really, really detailed animations. And I don't mean just the animation as in the way they were drawn, but the actual animations of the movement through characters and uh, onstage characters and enemies and bosses and all that. Just really charming. Has always been a charming, well-designed, well-graphically-designed game. Worth a playthrough if you like a running gun. If you like Contra-style games, you owe it to yourself to play a Metal Slug or two. 
they have many anthologies too. They got all kind of releases where they've been uh, updated and, and there's like 12 games in a pack. So if you find one, check it out and see what SNK had to offer. Uh, Mortal Kombat Trilogy, PlayStation N64 release. You see the little tag I put on here. 32 characters. <laughs> that's what I rem- that's what I remember the most about Mortal Kombat Trilogy. The first time I got to play this game was on the 64. Uh, some friends had it and played it. And I remember pressing star, getting through the menus, and getting to the character select screen and seeing 32 fucking Mortal Kombat characters. Holy hell. I didn't know where to start. Like, yeah. all everybody was here. <laughs> And I think this was one of the first times, somebody can correct me, it's fine, but I think, th- for me, this is the first time that I remember playing as uh, uh, Motaro. So there was Goro, Kentaro, Kentaro was the tiger stripe one, and Motaro was the horse one, the centaur one. I always thought that was pretty cool. Can't remember if I had to unlock him to do it that way. I also can't remember if I could. I think you could play as Motaro in Mortal Kombat 3 or Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. But in any event, Mortal Kombat Trilogy, all the characters are there. Good game. Good good Mortal Kombat edition anyway. Yeah. Uh, NBA Hangtime multi-platform release. I just want to throw this out there because it was a... It was a I want to say a competitor to NBA Jam, <laughs> but I don't know if it was a friendly rivalry, if it was an actual rivalry. I don't know. I don't care because it was just as fun as NBA Jam for me. It had a lot of like big head mode and shit like that. So, it was, you know, just an arcadey basketball game. If you like NBA Jam, you'd probably like NBA Hang Time. So NBA Hang Time was made by the devs of NBA Jam. They oh, had to well. change the name because Acclaim Entertainment got the acquired the NBA Jam Jam name. Wow. That's that's interesting trivia. That's good to know. Huh. So, if you liked NBA Jam, folks, you will <laughs> like NBA Hang Time. Same people. And it it won't take long. It'll take you 2 minutes to figure out that yeah, it's the same style gameplay. It's arcade basketball, power-ups, all that stuff. Uh Nights into Dreams. Just wanted to put this on here because it was a Saturn release and I always felt like this was uh kind of like Bandicoot for the PlayStation, this was a this was a a mainstay. It was a well known Saturn title, yeah. Though it though the Saturn itself didn't gain a lot of popularity. <laughs> it wasn't that well known. It was brushed over. I think the Saturn had what like sixteen games, thirty something games. Oh, but geez. definitely remember hearing uh, "Nights in a Dreams." Nights has been featured in a lot of different games too. Most notably, Sonic Adventure One or Two, or maybe both, had a "Nights in a Dreams" pinball version or pinball level. I have never played "Nights in a Dreams" because I never owned a Saturn. I believe that this game has been re-released on some other platforms, but I didn't do enough. I hadn't didn't do any research. I'm not sure on that. Don't quote me on that. So if here, you're fortunate. Go ahead. Here's some more trivia for you, saying it has like 12 games. It has about 600 official releases. Its library is nearly twice as large as a 64. Hmm. That just that's crazy. <laughs> 600 games. Yep. A lot of huh. ports. So. Hmm. Uh, yeah, just um um. What what am I? It was is it Sega CD that only had about 30 games? Then? Probably. Maybe. <laughs> Poor Sega CD. I don't remember Sega Saturn having anywhere near that amount of games. That's that's crazy. All right, I'll do some I'll do some Saturn work on my end. Maybe we'll have a Saturn episode. 
to prove me wrong. It's on our list. <laughs> but I mean, the Saturn was, for all intents and purposes, in my eyes, mind you, it was a failed system. So it's understandable that I, I didn't like follow through with all this yeah, shit. I think it did bigger in Japan. Than yeah. One of those. Another uh, console-related, well-known game on the console was uh, Parappa, Parappa the Rapper, PlayStation mm-hmm. title right here. Unique game, button button pressing to rhythm. Uh, I haven't played Parappa. Another one I haven't played too. I just smacked my hand. Shame on me. Yeah. But it's uh, it's kind of rhythm based, but is, yeah. you're tr- yeah, it's it's a rhythm based game, and you're trying to match up uh, lyrics and make cool rap songs and it was very lighthearted, humor yeah. humor based good game from what i've always seen again nothing but good good things to say about proper the rapper yeah i watched someone play it not too long ago on twitch and it is a hilarious game it, it was it wasn't bad like it was just the lyrics and stuff were so weird and out there in a lot of cases yeah yeah I had a sequel, uh, Um Jammer Lammy. They had the same premise, you know. Just you're making, I think, rock style songs. But yeah, good game. A well known PlayStation title. Uh, here's a little unknown uh, game. Uh, maybe you people that have uh, cellular devices may have heard of this game. Uh, uh, Pokemon Red and Blue. I'm sure you Pokemon Go fans know about this. Yeah, the franchise started back in 1996. Yep. With red and blue first, it's a uh, just so people don't mistake that yellow came later. Yep. Red and blue was the uh, was the OG Pokemon. Uh, big thing about this old title was that I forget the exact number, Chris. You may know, but mm-hmm. red had a hundred and whatever Pokemon, and in blue had a hundred and something Pokemon. But there was about fifteen or twenty Pokemon that were not on the same cartridges. So um, the ideal. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, so the idea was you and your friends each have your own copy. If your friend has blue, you have red. You capture your Pokemon and you battle them and swap them back and forth and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, and that phenomenon and the whole Pokemon phenomenon took off. I don't yeah. think Chris and I need to sit here and spend 20 minutes about the Pokemon <laughs> phenomena, but that is a thing to this day. It is still. It is still going over two decades later. It has not stopped. Uh, there I, is still a fever pitch for a Pokemon announcement or a new Pokemon game. So, yeah. yeah. I do want to throw out that it was actually red and green in Japan. Oh, that's I've always that's been why it's fire red that. and leaf green later. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought there was a green version. And every time I go look it up, it's, oh, it's Pokemon red and blue. Oh, yep. Good to know. Good to know. Another uh, multi-platform franchise that got announced, uh, sorry, not it got announced and released, uh, Quake multi-platform release. If you like Doom, if you like Wolfenstein, you'll like Quake. Quake has a more darker tone to it. Again, Mm -hmm. Hand of Honesty, I've never played Quake. I think I may have played Quake 1. I believe I may have played the PlayStation version of Quake 1, but it was so... We're talking like maybe half an hour at the most. I don't know if I was at a friend's house or what. Quake 3 Arena is the Quake that I have played the absolute most of. Yeah. And in scope, that's th- those are two different style games. Because Quake, Quake 2, and Quake 3 
I believe Quake and Quake Two, those are single single player, uh, Doom style, somewhat story driven games. Quake Three Arena, Quake Engine multiplayer, and it is fast as fuck. Uh, yeah, we'll get to Quake Three Arena when it gets released uh, for the Dreamcast and PC and whatever else. But yeah, Quake franchise started in nineteen. A lot of franchise starters this year, man. A lot of them. Oh yeah, we're in those years. Here's, <laughs> here's another one. The Resident Evil franchise started in mm-hmm. 1996. The very first one on the PlayStation. A lot of things taken away from this game that were used down the road. The the, the phrase survival horror, while may not be a they have not originated with Resident Evil, definitely became popular. Yeah, kind of put kind of how Final Fantasy VII put RPGs on the map. Resident Evil pretty much put survival horror on the map. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, with all their, you know, the tank controls and the finding herbs and mixing herbs to, to heal yourself with and collecting ammo and preserving ammo, using ink ribbons to save, uh, having zo- any enemies that range from zombies to killer plants to giant fucking decapitating frogs. <laughs> Uh, definitely a good game. Definitely, definitely a good franchise. I love it. Uh, Adam hates it. I wish he was here so he could bash on it for a while. But <laughs> I've, I've, I've loved the cores of Resident Evil, uh, five and six. Eh, the movies gag me. But <laughs> Resident Evil one, two, and three. Code Veronica four, seven. There, there's good Resident Evil stuff out there. Yeah. Yeah, the controls kill me. (laughs) Yeah, and they do. They got better over time. I mean, the biggest jump was was four. You know, going to the overhead, uh, over the shoulder perspective. Very, very good choice. And I'm glad they stuck with it. And you know, we'll see where they keep going with it. The movies, though, I just, (sighs) I have no faith. (laughs) I have no faith. There are people right now that can tell me that yeah, Resident Evil one, two, and three movies sucked ass, but four they started getting better and they had a new i just don't care they're not they don't follow the games and even the games have went off in their own crazy ass directions so i i'm i'm good i'm good uh revelations persona came out in 1996 chris you have far more to say than i do because i haven't played this yet shame on me i haven't finished it but i got i don't know how many hours i said i put into it but I'm working on it, and I'm making some progress. Uh, very rough. Um, this is a case of an old-school RPG where the art style kind of, and some of the design decisions make it not hold up as well as some other old-school games do, especially mm-hmm. RPGs. But it's still a fairly solid game. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, this is the beginning of the Persona franchise. Yeah. This is why we have yeah. Persona 5 today. Um, yep. And you can see things that have carried from Revelations Persona all the way to Persona 5. Yep. Some mechanics still there because that's the core of it. That's what was so successful about it. And they've just expanded and upon it over the years, and it's so good. Um, yep. Revelations Persona, don't feel bad if you never play it. Um, I am because I just want to because I've owned this game for, <laughs> you know, two decades now nearly. Yeah, and I never yeah. finished it. Um, I am further now than I ever did back then, which isn't saying a whole lot, but I'm making progress. Yeah, and I, I've I haven't written it off my books 
to play it. You know, I I, I kind of do want to, even if I don't like it, I'd like to at least dabble in one and two just to just to say I did. And you know, hey, if I get into them and I play them all the way through, cool. Mm-hmm. It will be nice to see the differences. And then if I beat all of them, I can say I played every Persona. But even then, folks. Yep. <laughs> For those that don't know, it doesn't stop with Persona. Persona yeah. is an offshoot of mm-hmm. Shin Megami Tensei. And when you get down that rabbit hole, when you realize there's Devil, Digital Devil, <laughs> Devil Saga, there is the Shin Megami Tensei series, there's Persona. There's a lot to this franchise. You know, yeah. Final Fantasy, for all intents and purposes, is just Final Fantasy. SMT has all kind of shit. So. We'll see how my future SMT saga continues. <laughs> For now, I am completely fine and content with playing, having played and beaten 3, 4, and 5, and yeah. I eagerly wait for a 6 to be announced. Oh, yeah. I, was, I, was, I just knew that's what it was. There was a split second during the Game Awards where I was like, <gasps> Persona 6, and I goes, no, 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 can't be, can't be, because that's the Phantom Thieves. They're not going to rehash that. It's going to be yeah. something new. Who knows what it's going to be? I have <laughs> full faith it's going to be fucking great, though. Yeah. Sonic 3D Blast, a pretty garbage Sonic game, came out this year. So moving on. A you Star know, War- <laughs> I, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm uh, so I, I think 3D man. Blast gets more hate than it deserves. Yeah. Um, it was something different, yes. Mm-hmm. But for the era and the age, I don't think it was that bad. Yeah. Um, in some cases, it was faster than Sonic games ended up being. Yeah. You got to go faster more often. Uh, yeah. And some levels. I mean, some levels were still just as slow as the traditional, you know, side-to-side uh, 2D games. Yeah. I played it quite a bit. I honestly, I have not played that game in somewhere in the neighborhood of two decades. And I never, okay, let me just just redact anything past I've said about Sonic 3D Blast. It's not horrible. It's not bad. Uh, but I do remember playing it, getting through it, maybe two or three levels, and just kind of, meh. And it didn't really, it didn't blow my mind. I, I, I instead went back and played Sonic 3 and 2 instead. So maybe I owe it to myself to go back and play through it and see how I feel about it in my later years. But uh, I just don't remember anything great about it. The graphics seemed pretty cool. The yeah. premise seemed cool at first. You know, this was back before Sonic Adventure. So mm-hmm. a 3D Sonic game, yeah, it just didn't stick in my memory. Maybe Sonic Adventure never would have existed without 3D Blast. Think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Star Wars Shadows of the Empire came out for the 64. I put this on here just because I remember playing it a little bit. The behind-the-back, uh, action shooter slash platformer game that I didn't really care so much that it was a Star Wars game. Just the gameplay itself was fun. And they also snuck in like hidden collectibles throughout the levels. And that that's always a treat for me. So I just figured I'd put it on here. It's a semi-well-known 64 game. However, the oh, yeah. well-known 64 game, Super Mario 64... Mm. came out this year man so good hello we are nintendo and we are bringing mario to the 3d world here you go you're fucking welcome Mm -hmm. so good man multiple worlds with multiple stars to gain in every world a hub world that wasn't large but it felt nice to run around explore uh multiple challenges 
the introduction of like the red coins. No, not the introduction because red coins were also in Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. But just the mult going back into a level again and again and and going through going through that level in different ways to acquire different stars. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, some levels even had specific things like the uh, t- tall, tall tower or tower, the clock tower, whichever yeah. one. And it was like the the way that you jumped, that got into that level was jumping into the clock itself. And depending on where the arm was, yep. the, the time the arms were, could change various things in a level. Most notably, how fast the blocks were moving and where the actual arms were at the at that part of the level. Just little details like this. Mm-hmm. It so is awesome. the best-selling game of the Nintendo 64 ever, yeah. with more than 11 million copies sold. Well-deserved, too. Mm-hmm. 3D controls, even to this day, so tight, so awesome. Had different caps. You had a cap that turned you into a metal Mario that made you invincible. It lets you uh, be underwater without needing air you had a the fucking flying cap where you could fly yeah. around the leveling oh man and crash immediately <laughs> yep yep and then you know i i always had the hardest time with the flying cap yeah and it, in the levels that you had to like go through the the rainbows to mm-hmm. to get the star oh man it i had to teach myself how to get flying but once it once <laughs> i did it was fine like uh the very the first level where you could get the cap and then you can jump into a cannon and the cannon mm-hmm. would shoot you out and then you're flying. You know, you don't have to do the triple jump or jump off a cliff. You right. just start flying. Oh, man. Love it. Yeah, I think, is this the best, one of the, be- one of the best, if not the best, holding uh, games that holds up on the 64? Yeah, I would say so. And this was a I launch title. So. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've made this talk before. Golden Eye... GoldenEye is up on my wall. It's on my 15 wall of all time. Mm-hmm. But I completely understand that GoldenEye does not hold up. I right. get it. I totally get it. Because first-person shooters in general do not hold up. Mm-hmm. That game is old. So going back and playing it today with only having one stick, you know, I have to... <laughs> anytime that I play GoldenEye 64, I mainly play it today on an emulator. Because on an emulator, I can set the controls the way I want to. And I have to basically finagle a control scheme (laughs) to where it's like playing a modern shooter. I have to control sensitivity, like all kind of stuff. And I can make it work. And when I do make it work, guess what? I fucking bitch whip that game. (laughs) I can put GoldenEye today on 007 mode and I can plow through that game. Because, again, the game has not aged. And... When I was in my late teens, when I got my first complete 007 folder, that took months to do. Mm-hmm. That took a lot of strenuous fucking work and time and, and rage and, and controller breaking shit because back then that game was hard. We're, we're modern shooters today. You know, I come, now I come from, uh, Quake 3 Arena to Halo to Call of Duty to Battlefield. You know, so you go back and play those a GoldenEye game, and it's just completely different. So, while I always have GoldenEye in my heart as a strong treasure, as you say, Chris, holding up? No, 
I'm so sorry, Goldeneye. You do not. Mario 64? Oh, yes. Play Mario 64 right now. Yes, even with a classic 64 controller, and you will have a fucking blast. That game is pure fun. Yep. Pure fun. Uh, another Mario game. Holy hell. So your mind was blown before. Let's fucking close it up and blow that bitch open again. Because <laughs> Super Mario RPG, The Legend of the Seven Stars, came out this year. Another game that it is so sad this does not have a genuine sequel. This was a what the hell before before Kingdom Hearts was around. You take, you take Nintendo and you take Squaresoft... And you merge these two obvious companies together, but you say, hey, Nintendo, we want you to make an RPG, and we'll be your RPG backbone. And it worked fucking flawlessly. This game is so fun. has such a good, charming story. The battle mechanics, which, again, I don't know if they were the first to do this, but it was the first time in my life where there, where there was button manipulation in the battle. And that's right. awesome. That's awesome to this day. I can I play I I've been playing the uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga uh, re remake for the uh, Nintendo 3DS, and that still has that. Still has that. Hey, right before your jump lands, press a button. Right before this happens, do this. Mario RPG was the first time that I can recall an RPG having that, and I love it. I've always loved it. It's it's it's, it's a good addition. All the characters, the original characters, Booster and Gino and Malo, uh, bringing bringing Bowser in, you know him basically getting getting kicked out of his own castle and being pissed off. It's like, nah, man, I gotta get my castle back. Uh, all the areas that you that you go to, the the fucking Axum Rangers, come on, man, the giant sword, uh, and Smithy himself, just such a such a good addition to the RPG landscape period and an- another another high time for squaresoft you know just just a great just a great game to play i still i believe this this holds up pretty well you could probably go play it today i'm pointing my finger right at you chris you could yeah, play this today i need to play it <laughs> and definitely enjoy it it's it's a lot of timeless stuff in there a lot of timeless stuff in there uh tomb raider also came out in 1996, another franchise that got started. Mm-hmm. Very well-known franchise, very well-known PlayStation origin franchise. I played this one often. I got I got fairly far in Tomb Raider. I never beat it. Uh, I forget where I was at. I I swear I remember being inside like a giant Aztec-style castle at one point. I think I may have fought a dinosaur. Maybe that might have been the second one though. I I don't remember, <laughs> but a lot a lot to offer the original Tomb Raider games. You know, it's not just shooting. It's there's platforming and puzzle solving as well. So yeah, good, doesn't good hold stuff. Up. <laughs> no, unfortunately, it doesn't. And now, if you play a Tomb Raider game, it's has the same spirit but completely different game. Oh yeah, you know. Uh oh man, another. <laughs> Twisted Metal 2 came out this year, 1996. This is one of the first PlayStation games I ever personally got to play. Uh, I ha- oh, as in, I had a PlayStation. 
PlayStation in my house. A friend of mine let me borrow his, and this is one of like four or five games let me borrow. What a good game. Mm-hmm. What a good concept. It's a car combat game where all the cars have rockets or guns or missiles or something, and the object is to destroy the other cars. And the theme of the game is the tours around the world. So you're fighting in Paris, you're fighting in America, you're fighting in Antarctica, etc., etc. Has a genuinely entertaining story around it. The character Calypso this day chuckles the fuck out of me, man. The way he would... He's basically the devil. The devil holds the (laughs) tournament. Says, yeah, you come win the tournament, you can wish for whatever you want. But be careful what you wish for. I've put lots of time in this game. Unfortunately, I didn't get to play this a lot as multiplayer, but I definitely, definitely put several months in this game in the single player. Oh, yeah. I remember there, there was, I believe there was a code that where you could unlock Darktooth, which was the the boss of the game. I can't remember if there was a code that you could put in to unlock to play as him or if there was a Game Shark code, but I did... I did get to play as him somehow, some way. God, I don't remember. <laughs> and man, just, just I don't know what else to say, man. I really yeah. don't. It's I definitely one of those games, playing. one of those games where you want to play through with every single character because mm-hmm. they all have a story and they all have a unique ending. They all have a story, unique ending. They're fun. The, all of them are fun to play as, you know, and they all have unique designs. Yep. And the music is good, the gameplay is good, the amount of levels are enough, the story is good to finish it up. It's just it's just a solid game. To this day, hands down, my absolute favorite Twisted Metal game. I think there's like seven or eight total in the franchise now, but man, this is my favorite. Love yep. it, love it, love it. Warcraft 2, another Blizzard game coming out this year. I This was... The I just put this on the list because it was showing that you know Warcraft is still making progress, and this was the first Warcraft game that I ever played. Uh, I borrowed it from a friend, and honestly, I didn't like it. I I didn't like it. I'd heard a lot about it, but th- this version of Warcraft did not appeal to me. I think I ju- I just don't recall, Chris. I honestly don't. But I think I had played this way way late in its life cycle. And then brought it back and then borrowed Warcraft 3 and was like, oh, yeah, I love this. So, unfortunately, I can't really speak on the story or anything that went Man. down in Warcraft 1 and 2. I know that I've, I've heard that World of Warcraft pulls a lot of story from Warcraft 1 and 2. But yeah. I, I just I have no attachment, none at all. Just wanted to put it on here because Warcraft is still kicking around. You skipped the Vs, by the way. Um... I did? Oh, shit. Yeah, I did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Vandal Hearts. Why? Why would I do that? I played uh, Final Fantasy Tactics before Vandal Hearts and then went to Vandal Hearts. And wow, what a... It's still a, a, a strategy game. But the coolest thing about this one was when you killed characters, there was a fucking geyser of blood that came out of them. <laughs> they all had their own sprite design. Uh, they were unique sprite designs. Still that 3D isometric view-like tactics. Just, it seemed like it was a little bit more detailed. I kind of, sort of got an SNK Metal Slug graphics vibe. But, okay. uh, and unfortunately, though I did beat the game, I... 
I can't recall the the more difficult areas. Adam said that this game was extremely difficult. I can't remember. I felt like I had more of a I had more of a difficult time in Final Fantasy Tactics, but that's that could be a subjective thing. Who knows? Who cares? Right. I don't remember the story of this game and that upsets me the most there was a sequel to vandal hearts as well vandal hearts 2 i feel that sometime i will go back through vandal hearts 1 just to at least try to remember the story because i remember the story being fairly entertaining but if you like tactics you should like this as well it's a it's also on the playstation and uh another another addition to that franchise all right vector man 2 (laughs) sega genesis title Sequel yep. to the original Vector Man. Hard for me to really gush about this one because it was just more Vector Man. Yeah. I enjoyed Vector Man 1. You get a sequel, more levels, more bosses. I don't remember if there was an extra gimmick or a new thing. I just remember there being more Vector Man. Uh, unfortunately, in my life, I played Vector Man 1 and 2, but they were both back-to-back, and it was only that one time. Yeah. But I remember enjoying it. I remember the graphics being being impressive, even though I played it played them later in my life. Uh, Vector Man is another kind of like uh, Genesis staple, you know. And yeah, remember there you're a it's side scrolling shoot 'em up. Uh, he's a 3D design character and shoots out beams, uh, beam balls of energy. Yep. Cool designs, cool enemies, cool game. Uh, Warcraft Two Wave Race sixty four came out this year. Uh, I yeah. guess you played this one, Chris. I unfortunately never did. I did. Um, there was a Wave Race game in the arcade, but I actually played Wave Race 64. I had a friend that had it, so mm-hmm. I got to play it a little bit. Um, jet ski racing game. Not a whole lot to say about it other than it was fun. Um, yeah. I don't think it would hold up today, but back then, yeah, tons of fun. Yeah. This and like Pilot Wings, like the 64 did have some titles on it that were, you know, fairly, fairly unique and, 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 and Nintendo franchise specific. But yeah, I've heard lots of great. I think my thing was, I, one, I didn't know, I didn't have anybody around me that had Wave Race 64. And mm-hmm. second, when I got to borrow the Dreamcast for a while, I got Hydro Thunder on it. So that was my like water racing style game ah, to play. Gotcha. So I never really had like a fever pitch to go play Wave Race sixty four. I, I had my my water racing pretty <laughs> much satiated. Yeah. Wild Arms came out this year, nineteen ninety six RPG. This is on the PlayStation Classic, which okay, that's fine. Yep. Uh, sadly, I don't remember a lot about the story of this game. I I I, I do remember the I do remember the story getting kind of crazy toward the end. Uh, maybe aliens. I don't really remember why, but what I do remember about this game, one was the anime opening with that great music, but also that the game starts out with three separate characters and you have to play all three of them in any order Mm -hmm. you choose. But it goes to show you how all three of these characters have something different to offer to not only the fighting, the battle system, but the overworld as well. And, you will use all three of these characters and their overworld abilities to navigate terrain, to solve puzzles, and progress through the game. And I like that. Uh, this game gets shit on a lot uh, these days because, like, the enemy designs that this game, the, the, the graphics do not hold up. The 3D <laughs> graphics do not hold up. Let me specify that. Because the sprite graphics 
to me are, are they're, they're fine. Right. Yeah. You know, but the enemies looked a kind pretty fucking shitty <laughs> all the way around. I feel like I need to go through this game. This is another game I need to go back through. And I think I tried back in the day, maybe some years ago, but I stopped. But I owe it to this game because I don't remember. This is another RPG that I <laughs> yeah. beat that I beat and don't remember the story to. I just remember there being it going kind of off the fucking rails toward the end. And I'm talking like the last quarter of the game. So yeah. I-, I never beat it, but... <laughs> I just started laughing because I pulled up an image of in combat. Yep, I remember this. I understand yep. <laughs> the 3D combat. Yeah, yes. not good. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, this is on my as when I finish Persona uh, on the classic. I'm going into Wild Arms. That's my plan. Yep, yep. And last on the list, uh, X Men versus Street Fighter uh, arcade game. Just want to throw it out there, just so people know this is uh, this. I don't think this was the first. I'd have to go back and do some homework to find out if maybe uh, Marvel superheroes had already came out. But this was Capcom and Marvel having that arcade merger and having these two titan companies coming into the arcade scene and putting out great fighting games. I mean, when you see Ryu and Wolverine on the same screen, that's good times. If that doesn't immediately think make you think good times, play the damn games because they get they are really good and they progressively get better over time. Yeah. It was uh, the first Marvel versus Capcom game. Okay, um, wasn't the first? It was the third one to have Marvel characters, but it's the first versus. Right, right. So good, good, good stuff. Uh, and it, it's still going on to this day. I think Marvel vs. Oh, yeah. Capcom Infinite was the last one. And it's, that's kind of got up-down reviews, but, man, like Marvel vs. Yep. Capcom 2, you can't go wrong. Marvel vs. Capcom 3, good 3D graphic rendition of the, of the franchise. All that shit started right here with the verses, and that's, mm-hmm. it's awesome. Just want to throw it out there. So, yeah, that's it. That's uh, that's <laughs> that's <the> it. <laughs> pretty much, yeah, for really 41 fucking games. Another one. Oh, I see you man. snuck another one in there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a lot of games, and... Uh, you know who knows what the next years tell. We, we, I mean, we're gonna the next time we do it, we're after the uh, game of the year, nineteen ninety six. Uh, it's gonna be ninety seven and beyond, and we'll see. We're, I just had this feeling that we're just gonna get more. There's oh, gonna yeah. be a day, Chris, where we're gonna come on this show and we're gonna go. All right, my week, I play games. You play games. Adam play games. We have eighty seven games to go over. Let's do this shit. <laughs> it, well, it's it, coming. Here's a here's a stat for you. Uh, 1996 had on our list, assuming this is not a fully authoritative list, mm-hmm. has 635 games for 96. Mm-hmm. 97 only has 576. Hmm. So, well, we'll I don't see. know what's going on in 97. We'll see. Well, I guess we'll find out on the end of Timecast <laughs> when we review the 1997 review. Yep. But that's down the road. The next time that you hear 1996 on this podcast, it'll be us, uh, either Chris and I or the three of us, Chris, me, and Adam, debating uh, intellectually, politely, coming together <laughs> as a team and deciding what we, the end of Timecast, deem as the game of the year for 1996. Mm-hmm. So, what about you, wonderful audience, guys and gals? What 
what news things do you remember from 1996 that stuck out to you? What games were released this year that we didn't talk about or even ones that we did that you want to input some information on? Anything that particular came out in 96? Maybe that was your favorite year of high school. Who knows? Uh, what about any any Steam games that you picked up on the last Steam sale? Fuck, how was your Christmas? Did you did you get loaded down with games that now now you your backlog is is extensive again? Uh, we love to hear any type of game stuff you'd like to talk about, uh, even and, and non-game related. We'll talk comics and, and anime and movies with you, sure, or whatever. Whatever you want to talk about, we'll, we'll chat with you. And there are many ways that you can chat with us. If you want to go to Facebook, you can search for In A Time Cast. It'll take you right to this page, uh, to our Facebook page, and it may be how you found this episode right here. We have an email. You can email us at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com no funny numbers in there just spell it as you heard it we have a twitter page you can tweet us retweet us comment send us a message we don't care any way you want to get a hold of us any way you want to talk to us we'd love to do it we say it we feel like we say it too much but not enough the one of the main reasons that we made this podcast was to talk to people about gaming Uh, as expansive as the gaming culture is as more popular as we we are getting with with gaming in the world i still see gaming as a small subset thing it's it seems like it's still hard to break in those gaming conversations so this is definitely a format for you to do it you know if you want to discuss anything gamer related to gripe comment complain about games to talk about upgrading games or changing games or just reminisce about games We'd love to hear feedback from you. And still, even 70-something episodes in, we're still a young podcast. You're almost guaranteed at this point, at this time, to get your comment read on the episode. And probably get some direct feedback as well. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Send us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. And that's going to do it for tonight's episode. And until next time, I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Good night, everybody. <laughs>